this week on Invasion the Podcast, how did he get those scars? Was the $1 billion of taxpayer money spent on G.I. Joe the movie worth it? And I play a G.I. Joe and Cobra-themed edition of Real or Fake. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. My name is Paul, as played by Sergeant, Sergeant Slaughter, and somewhere out in the distance is Steve. I once was a man. <laughs> Once a man, once a man. Hello, everyone. Is that I how is that how man. we're going to be at our like high school reunions? We're just going to be in a corner, sitting there with like a <laughs> beverage, and be like, "I once was a man." You know, like well, once. Well, you know, once was last week I I hung a, a, a ceiling fan and I felt real manly. I didn't do anything manly this weekend, so it's it's now ebbed away. Okay, so. well, there you go. So now you are you, you were once a man. All right, yeah. so. I'm sure my wife is just mad at me because I probably scared the cats downstairs and I have my window open just a bit. So my neighbors are probably like, yeah, he's at it again. You know? (laughs) 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 So yeah, we're going to be talking about the, the animated film GI Joe, the movie, uh, which I had that in front of me. It, uh, came out in, um, 1987, 87. There we go. So that'll be fun. A little bit more of an upbeat conversation versus, uh, the Batman, which we'll get to more of that in a second. Cause you know, breaking news. And then also, a little bit more upbeat than the plane ride from hell. I think we deserved we deserved a little uh, a little fluff after after the like one was just a, like a big movie to get into, and the other one was um, just you know uh, terrible terrible stories about things that happen to people. So, I mean, one might argue that this is a terrible story. It's just on a whole different level. It's true, but I just think um, you know it isn't like like we watched the documentary GI Joe the movie. You know, <laughs> like so. Um, yeah, it just also feels like it's a good bookend because we did talk about Transformers the film. We'll we'll get into all that a little later. Um, so yeah, and then we have a game uh, that is real or fake with uh, GI Joe and Cobra, real or fake Joes and Cobras, because uh, I'm original. Um, I do I do want to say that I had started a game before that game. So before we get to the weekend, here I'll do a little pregame for you. How about that? We'll just we'll change it up a little bit. I have a five five or six question quiz here. So that's about as far as I got. It's snake themed. I just wanted oh. to fire these off at you and see how you do. Right. So. <clears throat> What was the original title of Snakes in a Plane? Was it Lethal Crossing, uh, Venomous Skies, Pacific Air Flight 121, or Araconda? I feel like it's the third one, Pacific Flight, blah, 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 blah. You're right. It's Pacific Air Flight 121. I was proud of me for Araconda. I thought that was a fun name. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but as well as thinking this kind of, kind of remember it showed up and Sam Jackson's like, yes, you need to call this movie Snakes in a Plane, you know, so... And, I, and the movie didn't do super well financially, but it probably did better than the name Pacific Air Flight 121. Um, I'm sure it did better than Snakes on a Train. <laughs> oh, well, you know, here's my next question. Which of these is a fake snake film? Is it 
snakes on a train, hiss, or a fangin' and bangin'. <laughs> fangin' and bangin', I hope. And that is the fake one. I know it's, um, I don't know if it was the name of a podcast that uh, Gangrel of the Brood of the wrestling stable, the brood. Do you remember them? That was, uh, where edge was. And I think Christian, they originally were vampires with Gangrel. I don't know if you remember that wrestling stable or not. Uh, no, I do not. Okay. I, I think, I as think, soon as you said the brood, I just thought of Cronenberg. Fair so. enough. Uh, but I think that was the name of his podcast was fanging and banging. I was like, that's a great name. Right. So, all right. Um, how many Anaconda films are there or Araconda? No. How many Anaconda films are there? Are there one, two, three, or four? Oof. Anaconda definitely had at least one sequel. I'm going to say there's three Anaconda films. Okay. Well, that would be right, except there's one more after that. So there's four. <laughs> so uh, it's wrong. Yeah. You can't be like, well, that's right. It except- was it was right for a while until they made the fourth one. Uh, the Number two was The Hunt for the Blood Orchid. Number three was called Offspring. And the number four was called Trail of Blood. All right. Um <laughs> Which of these famous rulers did Serpentor not get DNA from? So this ties into our G.I. Joe thing. Because um, they went around, collected all his DNA, right, to make the, this great ruler. And I love how it was hand-waved away in the the, the cartoon we watched. Yeah, um, I'm just going to say this real quick. If I get this wrong, it's, poor, it's, it's bad on me just because uh, I watched uh, all of uh, Rise, Serpentor, Rise uh, to uh, prep for this. So... Um, Hopefully I'll get this right because I watched all five episodes of that oh, nice. uh, okay. story. So that I, you better, is it, uh, is it Julius Caesar, Genghis Khan, Colonel Sanders, or Ivan the Terrible? <laughs> well, I thought you were going to hit me with, um, cause there's somebody who, who they, the Joes beat them out before they get to the actual DNA and they have to, they have to substitute it with somebody else. And I don't remember who it was. Colonel uh, Sanders. But That's it's them. certainly not Colonel Sanders. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, just want, I just wanted to be like the, like the Cobra. Be like, well, I don't know. He pretty famous Colonel has a lot of success. You know. Anyway. And I I, I kind of like too that they. Well, I don't know if you got into this in your research, but uh, they included Dracula in. Uh, <laughs> well, okay, they included Vlad. Okay. Uh, well, Vlad the Impaler. Okay. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'm like, that's really interesting. And then of course, you know, there's like ghosts and shit happening at the castle. But I, I was just, I was, I was surprised by that inclusion. I was like, I don't remember that at all. But well, I originally funny. in the quiz, I was going to have it as Hitler. And I was like, yeah, even for a cartoon, then that seems a little kind of, <laughs> you know, a bit much. Right. But then I was just like, I, Colonel Sanders me, it, it was, it made me laugh when I thought of it. So, all right. So last question here of my very, very narrow snake quiz. Uh, what was the name of Jake, the snakes snake in the eighties? So he's had a few of them. Right. So the, the one that we remember the most, the one he bring out in the bag and drop on people was it Lucifer, Damien, Diablo or Jeff. All right. Well, I thought it was Cletus, but uh, you didn't say Cletus. I'm kidding. Uh, I feel like it was Damien. It is Damien. I just wanted the snake to be called Jeff and be like, oh, no, here comes Jeff the snake, (laughs) Jake the snake and Jeff the snake. Um, So there we go. I I clearly. Oh, I have one more. Actually, I'm sorry. Uh, So this one, you you know, this this is some Captain America deep dive. Uh, Which one of these is not a member of the Serpent Society? If you, I don't know if you know what the Serpent Society is or not. Uh, it's just a collective of snake-themed villains that would run afoul to like Captain America and company. No, I, I don't know that. That's okay. 
So which one of these is not a member? Is it Sidewinder, Black Mamba, Copperhead, or Corn Snake? <laughs> corn Snake? <laughs> what is it's, a it's corn a, snake? It's a Midwestern snake. You've never seen a corn snake? They're, they're real. Core snakes are real, but the idea that there'd be a villain being like, you know, like they, he gets to the side society. It's like, Oh, I want, it's like, Oh, I want the name, uh, you know, like Viper. It's like, nah, it's already taken. Okay. You know, Pythona and nah, I taken too. Okay. What, what do you got left? Corn snake. Like, oh, son of a bitch. You know, like, okay. You know? <laughs> so anyway, clearly I have, a, I have a, a, you know, I lowest common denominator with my game. So, but I just like, I just yeah. want to believe that there's a villain out there named corn snake that like, he's not venomous and it's just more like, it's like you see a corn snake. You're like, Oh, it's a snake. You're like, Oh, it's a corn snake. I'm not afraid of that. And it just goes about business. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. like, like that's not really, it's like, you know, he's probably working in like the, like the paperwork part of the society, you know? So I just, I looked it up and yes, uh, you are correct. Uh, corn snakes are real. Um, but I thought this was interesting. Uh, part of the like, you know, information about it is that uh, they are native to the eastern United States, but are most abundant in Florida. Why does that not surprise me? <clears throat> I don't. Yeah, right. Like, sure. <laughs> you know, because as you know, Florida is known for its corn. So, um, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe it's just they, like that's where they go when they retire. Like, you know, I've done all the farming. I got to head south. You know, but. Anyway, that was my, uh, my, um, like a small snake game. So I thought you'd appreciate that. Um, so yeah, anyway, um, weekend stuff. What did you get into? Uh, not too much. Uh, continued to work on my office. Uh, I did sort of a mini marathon of, uh, some eighties horror. I watched, uh, night of the creeps, uh, followed by Hellraiser one and two. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I didn't like Hellraiser as a kid, and I I, I remember specifically saying that and, and this is stupid, but I, I remember specifically like saying like oh I just feel like it's gory for gore's sake, which if you look at the movies I was into, come on, like really you're throwing that criticism at it, but like I I think I think the sexuality piece of it probably just went over my head, and I don't remember what age I was when I saw it. But I'm just like, wow, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those weird things that like now I'm like, oh, it's genius. I, you know, I, I know that like there's still some effects in both movies because they were really low budget. They were, I think, New Horizon films. They were they were under like a Corman um, type studio. But I, I, I know that there's some some effects in there that are yeah, a little iffy, um, particularly some of the matte paintings of hell in Hellraiser 2. But like. There's so much like good I like when it comes to like good ideas both visually and thematically like there's some really great stuff in the, those first two movies and again I can't speak to the Hellraiser movie that's your favorite the uh, what is it uh, Revelations sure uh, I think that's Resurrections I, yeah it's, it's Reve- I think it's Revelations the one that you made me watch and um I you know I, I know I know we. <sighs> It, it it might it might have been one of the worst goddamn films I've ever seen ever. <laughs> um, yeah, it's bad. It's so bad. But yeah, I just I rewatching them. I, I I don't know. Like every time I watch them, I have a, a more of an appreciation for them. Um, and you know, there's a part of me that uh, thought, oh well, maybe it's I'm nostalgic for something that was you know big when I was a kid. Um, however, I can 
easily say that's not the case because we're going to talk about something that would be even more nostalgic for me in about 20 minutes. And uh, whew, no. So. Well, I like the idea. What was it? The, the, the uncle, what Frank is that? Is that the guy's name? Yeah. Like, and how, how he, you know, obviously, you know, got messed up with going to find, you know, the, the box and everything and him coming back and then him like, like Clive Barker does a really good job of rooting horror in like the unknowable and then the everyday where you have our main character who is like, like what, like the niece or stepdaughter to Frank. Cause Frank's like the brother, right? Cause he's the one that stepped in. Right. If I remember right, he was the one that was like, he, he's the uncle, but he was cheating with, um, the mother. Right. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so you still, but you also have that weird like family dynamic. Right. And it's like, and then at the end, whenever you get the whole like skin swap, like there's so much like there's, um, I, I like, cause he, he always works in that level of like, well, this is like, this is hell on earth. And, but also like, this is like, you do not want to come to this Thanksgiving dinner. It's going to be awkward conversation. You know, like there's, there's some palpable, like real drama there too. And I I like that he operates in both worlds. Yeah, I I was, you know, and it wasn't like, this is the first time I've watched it in like 30 years, but, um, cause I, I, I feel like, uh, I think both of them have been on Joe Bob at one point and I feel like I've watched both of them, uh, for the last couple of years, but just sitting down and, and every time that I watch them, I just find something new to appreciate or, um, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, what, what was I thinking? You know, I mean, when you're young, when you're younger, uh, you have certain things that you sort of, I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes you see something at a certain point in your life and it, it solidifies that thing. And then you go back to it and you're like, I don't know why I held this, you know, the way I did for mm-hmm. so long, but, um, just both movies, every time I, I revisit them, I'm, I'm impressed with uh, the amount of stuff that I, I get out of it or uh, the amount of enjoyment, I should say, not even stuff. Um, but uh, that was that was the uh, like rewatch of my weekend while I was working in my office. And then uh, we finished uh, uh, Yellow Jackets on eight, uh, Showtime. I wanted to say HBO Max. Sorry, Showtime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we finished that and I had made a joke that uh i was like oh i'm really digging yellow jackets you know but uh well i won't talk about it till we're 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 finished i'm like wait i'll come back and i'll be like yeah not great um i'm not at that point but we did finish the first season of yellow jackets um and i don't know about you um but my my level of interest for things that are like uh how do i put this not mysteries but the show, the way it ends its first season is very much like we didn't really answer a lot of what happens in this season. Uh, and here's more mystery that we're going to throw at you at the end. Sort of like I didn't watch lost, but (laughs) what I know of lost, it felt like a lot of things that you're like, well, there's no way this payoff is going to be any good or satisfy anyone. It's only the first season of the show. And uh, let me just say, extremely well done love the characters well acted in all those regards great but when we finished it i was just like like i i I don't know why but i feel and it wasn't like i was like oh screw this show but i didn't feel invested at that point because i was like oh we just ended this first season and a few things got resolved but not much and 
I still can't figure out why certain things are happening. And now you're throwing X, Y, Z on at the very end. Uh, I don't know. Like I, my level of interest for things that are like, Oh, well, we're going to leave you with more questions than answers is kind of dipped. Like, uh, we watched the first season of that, uh, Oh, M night Shyamalan show on Apple plus, uh, uh, servant servant. Yeah. And we enjoyed it watching it. And then the first season ended and it was like, yeah, you know, I have a feeling there's going to be a payoff. That's not going to really go to where the expectations are at this point, or at least line up with, uh, because again, it, it was like, oh, well, here's more mystery. And it's like, I don't know. I, I'm just at a point where I feel like you should at least wrap up some things within your, your first season. Um, even if you are trying to play the, but wait, here's more mysteries card. I don't know. I, there's just something about that that I'm just like, I, I, maybe it's the amount of time that I'm like, oh, well now I'm going to have to invest you know, time to answer these questions. Cause they'll, that'll probably take them five seasons to get to answering questions raised in this season so um i think a lot of people uh will dig this show i think that i'm probably in the minority and looking at the uh rotten tomatoes score it had a critic score of 100 so i'm probably in the minority but i'm just at a point where i'm just like i don't know that i don't know that i i need another mystery box show i don't need to you know the x files was you know the first one that i ever really remember getting burned on where it was like boy, there's a lot of questions here that I'm not getting answers to, and it's taken them a long time to get there, and then when they do, they're not great answers. So You're like, Lucy, you're going to keep that football down this time, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, so um, I, I think it's a fine line. I think there's there's a certain amount of, like, you know, you, you want to keep the fish on the line, right? You don't want to, like, so... Like we use lost. Yeah, there was, oh my gosh, it's just like, oh, why was there a polar bear in the pilot? And you're like, and then you get to like season five, like, oh shit, that's why the polar bear was there. Okay. It's like, cool. It's like, thank you for answering this now, but we're so far along that I don't think I even care now that we're, we're like, you know, at that point. Um, but I, you know, I don't mind, like, I think it's more. Like I, I like when you, when, especially like, like a single season of the TV show and there's no guarantee you're getting a second season. Right. Cause sometimes if you get picked up for a second, you're like, okay, now we can have some confidence to kind of like stretch this out a little bit, not stretch, but, um, explore this more like, um, you know, like uh, the example I'll give is like, um, like the good place. It, every, every episode of that ended on a cliffhanger, but you also, I think you could have also kind of walked away with being like, oh, well that's kind of, there's a lot of things I don't know but I'm satisfied with the journey I've had with the character so far. I know it's a comedy that's different, but you have to be, especially since television's, you know, it's linear and you end it. Like if you're doing a season of TV, um, you have to give some type of like resting spot because if you're not guaranteed a next season, then I, I think it's kind of a big F you that you're going to be like, Oh, we got to the end. Sorry. You guys didn't support us enough or the algorithm didn't support us enough. Guess you'll never know. Like that's, um, I don't think that's fair. Uh, but I also think there's a balance of, you want to keep people coming back, but you got to give them something to chew on and not just be like, but, but now there's more questions. I agree with you. I think it's kind of, um, that's frustrating. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. And again, it may just be my comfort level with that kind of thing at this point, but you know, I just, I don't know. I, I was just left cold at the end of that, that 
uh, last episode, and I didn't want to be. Because like I said, I really like all the characters. I really like the story. It's split in time because you, you're seeing them, uh, and this is not a spoiler because it's in the trailer or promos for the show, but like there's a plane crash that happens with these kids on it. And Wait, what? half of the time... I'm kidding. I'm sorry, go ahead. Okay. Half <laughs> of the time... Uh, that you're you're spending in the story is flashbacks to the crash and the aftermath, and then you're seeing four of the main characters from the crash now. Uh, so you're going back in time, uh, in, or I guess I should say playing with time. Uh, you know, and little things are getting revealed. You know, the, the, about the story and what's happening. But there was just this expectation, I guess, maybe that I had that uh, we would get more. St- more answers than I thought we did. Maybe that's on me for thinking that like, Oh yeah, they're going to answer these things before they, you know, drop. And it's not like a bombshell or anything. I should, I should also mention that it's not like the end, you know, is like, Oh, who shot Jr. kind of thing. Like it's a, it's more subtle, but it raises more questions than it answers. We'll put it that way. Yeah. I mean, again, I mean, it sounds like it's an issue of your knowledge may vary, but I also think I'm, I am uh, similarly aligned with you in the sense of like, especially like if I'm going to, you know, invest in something, I want to at least know that there's a reward for putting the time in for the season, you know, and I'm not saying that there isn't. And, And I guess for some people, you know, sometimes the journey is better than the destination, which I mean, I, I would argue that with television, it needs to be both, you know, cause if you're not going to give me something that like that, that I could trust that like, you know, like maybe I won't come back for a second season. Like, well, here, I'll give you, I'll give you an example too. Uh, we talked about truth seekers. That was an Amazon prime. It ended mm-hmm. right. And there was a little bit of a cliffhanger. Um, and it never got picked up for a second season, but it gave us like enough of like enough that it was a complete watch, you know? Yeah. I didn't feel like, uh, I was, I don't want to say being ripped off because I don't like that term either in the sense of, you know, entertainment value. But I, I I certainly felt like there wasn't anything that was other than who Simon Pegg's character really was that whole yeah. piece of the story, which what it was what I'm assuming they were going to explore in the second season. Well, that and the young lady that was like the main character. And we found like, you know, like there was a couple things left in the air, but the, the main threat was dealt with supposedly right and then like yeah. we got some character beats with like nick frost's character like i don't know like I, it's a different beast i get it but it was it was a satisfying watch and i would have liked to have more but we're not getting more but it was a complete watch as a season of television yeah i i agree with that I, the ending said hey if we're back you know maybe we're gonna dig into this but i didn't feel like it was asking questions as it was ending yeah. So, yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, so, uh, so that's what you got into was, uh, some, uh, Hellraiser and some yellow jackets. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was uh, mainly at, and night of the creeps. Cause night of the creeps. Know, Tom Atkins. Yeah, Top it. Yeah. Tom Atkins. Tom so. Catkins. Yeah. No, um, yep. no, yeah, no. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So for me, I, um, after, I know I just talked last week about finishing red dead redemption two. Um, there was a bit of me. I'm just like, well, you know, I don't know if I want to play this game anymore because there's an online component that I started a little bit and I'm like, I think I'm good for a minute. Um, uh, and so then I decided to like to get to some movies that, well, I watched Unforgiven, the Clint Eastwood film from, oh, 
what year was it? It was the nineties, right? That he put that out and it was like his last true Western. Like I feel got, like it was 92. Yeah. Um, and it, it got like all his accolades and got him like a best director Oscar. And I think it was nominated for best picture if I remember right. Um, and I you remember, know, uh, I'm sorry, go interesting, ahead. Uh, interesting, uh, bit of, uh, um, knowledge on that. Uh, uh, Clint Eastwood had actually heard the Metallica song "Unforgiven," <laughs> and uh, oh. is, so that's so that's is, is "Unforgiven" two and three also like potential stories? They are. Like, okay. He's got to make them. <laughs> I mean, he's 104 years old at this point, yeah. and he keeps making movies. So here's hoping, you know. Um, yeah. Also, I also heard that um, uh, Masters of Puppets was actually a continuation of the Dirty Harry franchise. I didn't. I don't know if you know that or not. That's a spoiler there. Just letting you know, it's a concept album that was going to explore the further adventures of Dirty Harry. That um, I think you're thinking of Deadpool. <laughs> I mean, well, there was the Deadpool. Yeah, you're right. So yes. Um, yes. Um, so. So yeah, I watched Unforgiven, which I remember watching that as a kid, meaning when this came out in 92, it, you know, it hit probably hit video at like, you know, the end of the year or the beginning of 93. I remember seeing it on a video, but I don't remember much about it. So this was like one of those ones. It's like, I, I need to get back to, I need to actually watch this. It's a great movie. I mean, I know it's like, oh, like Oscar nominated, like who the hell am I to say it? But yeah, it's, it's solid. Um, Gene Hackman is so good at, it. um, what I will say, what I like about it a great deal is that uh, Eastwood's character was like, you know, a former like like gunslinger and a hell a you know, hellraiser, but he you know settled down and had gotten married and um, was trying to make like an honest life. Um, but like his wife had passed and he's not doing so good being a pig farmer. So when he's brought this opportunity to make some money, like he's like, I'll just do this for the money, but I'm not the man I was. And to see like there's there's a vulnerability to his character because there's like things of like he hasn't held a like he hasn't shot a pistol in years, right? Um, and then so when he goes to try to do that, his aim is is gone. Uh, he goes to try to get away his horse that has not been saddled in a long time. There's repeatedly like this kind of running joke through the movie where the horse just drops him, like he just falls off because the horse is like, I'm not used to this. So it's like there's this vulnerability of like. Like he, he was the stone cold killer. He's tried to move past that and you can see the rust. And I don't know if that's the a type of character that Eastwood would have played earlier in his career in terms of what we know with his like tough guy persona with the Westerns. Uh, he's good at it. Um, oh, um, uh, Morgan Freeman's really good at it too. It, it's like, it's, it's a really, really good movie and I'm glad I got to sit down and watch it again. I mean, for, for all intents purposes, the first time watch, but I know I'd seen it previously, you know, but everything was kind of wiped away. So everything that you just said, um, I, I'll, I'll address, but uh, address, I don't mean it that way. I just, uh, I got focused, I got laser focused in on something that you said at the very end, which was, and, um, Morgan Freeman was good in it. Have you ever heard anybody be like, Morgan Freeman really, you know, phoned it in, in that, that movie or. Morgan Freeman, you know, oh, collected a paycheck, I guess, doing another movie where he's a, a retired super agent who uh, well, what his about, wife gets stolen. What about Evan Almighty, like the sequel to Bruce Almighty? Maybe he phoned it in there. I don't know. But I, I want to believe that he gave his all. Yeah. Well, like but that's, I, how, that's funny you say that because there was the, recently an article where people were talking to Nick Cage about his new movie coming out where he ba- he said that like all the direct-to-video stuff he did where he was doing like four or five movies a year to kind of get out of his tax problems. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I decided to work my way through this. He's like, I don't regret any of those films. He's like, I brought myself to them no matter what they were. 
So you know what I mean? Like say what you want about Nick Cage. Like, and I know he's kind of a, he's a, he's a weird bird, right? But he's like, no, no, no. I, you know, regardless of what it was, I tried to do something with it. So I would argue Morgan Freeman's like, you're going to pay me what? Yes. I, I will, I will bring my best to it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's, that's probably, cause I, I, again, I, I can't think of a bad performance by him and I don't think I've ever heard anybody shit on Morgan Freeman. So, um, I mean, I, I I, I'm sure, you know, the internet's an awful place. I guess if I really look hard <laughs> enough, I can see somebody, you know, there's probably a, you know, uh, Morgan Freeman is a hack website or something. But I don't know. I just, it occurred to me as you were talking about it. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, it's just, it's funny. You never hear anybody say anything. He's He's one of those few actors, I think, that just sort of is so good that no matter what they're doing, I don't think anybody ever really... I, it would, I don't want to say criticizes, but I think everybody loves what that person or that actor does. Let me put it that way. No, you're right. And so, like, um, I, you know, I, I like I said, recommend Unforgiven. Obviously, like that sounds like you know a, a movie that was like you know you know it's pretty good. Ninety two's Unforgiven. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it or not. Um, but there's also a a remake um, that I need to watch now that came out in 2013 that um, kind of twists it on its head. It's a uh, Ken, uh, Watanabe, uh, Watanabe, um, uh, Watanabe. That's it. And he, he actually takes the story and brings it back to like uh, feudal Japan. If I, if I'm, I might be saying that incorrectly. No, it's Japanese. So you get like this thing of where they were like, you know, uh, Leone was taking like, you know, the seven samurai and like Yojimbo and turning them into Westerns. Watanabe took the story and took it back, took and, and made it a, you know, like a samurai story. So I want to watch that. I want to watch that version too. It sounds, it's that, that sounds fascinating to me. So I think I'm going to get to that sooner than later. So that's, that, that's fun that to get to see that kind of, um, like, um, like opposite of what had happened with a lot of Westerns, uh, or what we know as Westerns. But, um, so the other thing I want to mention too, is that I, uh, I logged into somebody's, uh, uh, share a, a voodoo account that they gave me access to. And I watched uh, Spider-Man uh, No Way Home because I had to because it, it was there. How could I not watch? How could I not watch that? It was right there. I had to watch it again. And it's a lovely. It's a lovely film. I know yeah, we talked left, about it. I left that out, but I watched it Friday night. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. And it was so it was like and I got to watch it with my headphones on and not have to have uh, a mother ignoring me as she's talking loud in the theater. So it was pretty great. Like, so that was nice. But uh, other thing I got to, and I know you saw me post this on social media. Uh, I don't want to get into it too much. Cause you're like, we could talk about this on the show at some point. I, I don't know why I, I had a blind spot for an eighties uh, action movie. Um, I, after watching, uh, was it GI Joe, the movie, I was like, I watched that like Sunday in the afternoon and I'm like, all right, well, what else am I going to do? I'm like, I don't really want to play any video games right now. Cause I'm kind of video gamed out. So I watched commando, which I had never seen before. Um, that, that movie has no right being as good as it is. I'll just say that. Okay. Uh, yes, I, I definitely, I definitely want to talk commando on the show some point. Um, yeah, I, I, I watched that movie so much in like my teens and college years. Uh, it was one of those ones that was sort of just in constant rotation and, uh, it's a ridiculous amount of fun. Um, I, the scene where he gets cornered in the shed is all one of my all-time favorite scenes uh, in in that movie because he 
The one guy <laughs> comes through the door and he's hanging from the ceiling and gets him with a pitchfork. He jumps down. Another guy walks in. He just grabs his arm and cuts it off with a machete. Then there's a guy trying to come in through the window and he grabs a saw blade and throws it into the dude's head and scalps him. Like, I don't know. I mean, well, that, that's all great. So I, I'll say this and I don't want to, I don't want to step on the conversation. Cause I think at some point we need to do, we'll do a commando talk. And it's like, I, I want, I want to say that commando is the film that Canon always wanted to make, but couldn't seem to get it done. I feel like that's the one thing, right? <laughs> but also the first seven minutes of that film is, um, what are the strangest, um, like dichotomies of film I've ever seen just because the first seven minutes is, like, you know, you don't know the story yet, but there's three vignettes of violence. And then, um, and that's the first three and a half minutes. So the next three and a half minutes, it becomes a Disney movie. Like, it, I don't like, it's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, no, not just, it becomes like the intro to like a, an 80s sitcom about a dad just trying to do it on his own with his daughter, you know, Which like is exactly what Alyssa Milano was doing at that time. Cause she was also on who's the that's block, right. That's was, right. Yeah. So, so when I watched that, I was cracking up And the movie, like in terms of what I'm saying, the movie's like, it's way better than it has any right being is that it's a ridiculous action movie. Um, uh, it's, it's weirdly forward thinking with the one exception of, um, Schwarzenegger calling out boy George for an, he says something really inappropriate and that's not fun, but the rest of the movie is actually like, wow, this is kind of, not what you expect in terms of character motivation for an eight So I don't want to, I don't want to like ruin too much of the conversation. Cause I'm sure we'll get into it. But I was like, I was like, I was expecting like everything that you think, you know, and I got a lot of the, like the action tropes, but yeah. I didn't get like a lot of the character tropes. And I was like, huh, how did, how did this one get a lot of things right? You know, like, like how did this one not age terribly versus everything else that came out around the time, you know, like, so, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like, uh, cause I know, um, uh, my co-host, uh, Terry on uh, strange highways, he's been kind of chiding me for not watching it. Cause right now, since we're covering the eighties twilight zone on that show, uh, the day and date of this episode releases the number one film is commando. So I'm like, well, you know, I'll just watch it, you know? So, uh, so I did. Um, so I wanted to make sure that, you know, I was still friends with him. So that's why like, you know, so, um, well, yeah, uh, we will definitely, uh, do a talk about that. Plus Bill Duke. Come on. Oh my gosh. How yeah, great so is good. he in so this good. movie? So good. Um, and then all, oh, yeah, the last thing I just want to mention just because it's just something that hasn't happened in forever. I forgot to mention on Friday, uh, I'd actually went to a concert for the first time in like almost three years. So I went to a live, a live music show. Uh, my, my, my friend Terry, who was no longer mad at me cause I'd watched commando. Uh, we went to Detroit to go see a show. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I had forgotten about how sweaty concerts are. I also like the, the, so the, as the bands are playing, there was just one dude behind me that just, he must've, I don't know what, either he was really, really young, which I want to guess is true. And also either really, really drunk, which I'm guessing is true or in something. Cause at one point, one of the bands is like, Hey everybody, we're going to play this song. The video just came out this week. And everyone is like, so we're, you know, you guys okay with a new song? And everyone's like, yeah. And then as the song's playing, he's like, Hey dude, he's like, no one else has heard this song, but us. I'm like, that's not what they said. <laughs> Like this guy's just talking. He's just talking. So he's like, he's like, these guys are really like, cause the opener, he's like, these guys are really good. He's like, like, just like, he was like having like these epiphanies at a concert. And I'm just like, you could not, not hear him. You know, <laughs> like just no one else has heard this. Like, <laughs> 
so at least he he had fun, you know. <laughs> so that was like. <laughs> Oh, I also got to tell you, cause I think you'll appreciate this now. Um, I, I did wear my rad racing t-shirt, which I had bought specially for super bro, because that is a, a, a thing that is shown in the film rad. So I have my rad racing shirt that I bought special for that. But I was like, well, if I'm gonna go to a, a, like this, this show that's like synth wave, which is kind of like, like this, it has an eighties vibe to it. I'm like, I'll wear my rad shirt. It's fine. No one else at the venue look twice at me. One of the security guards that I'm sure is there that works every show at this place. He saw it. He's like, Oh my God, that shirt. He nudged the other guy. He's like, look at it. The guy gave me a high five. And he's like, crew Jones. I'm like, I'm glad the security guy has my back here. That's great. So at least I got a random strangers recognition of my t-shirt, which validates my life in ways you can understand. I thought you were going to tell me that you walked in and there were like a bunch of people wearing red. Uh, yeah, yeah. Every single person's like, oh shit, you're on the rad train room too now. I'm like, yeah, now I am. You know, it, like, it was a mix of rad, uh, sound dragon. Uh, the dragon uh, sound, dragon sound. Dragon sound, sorry. Yeah, and a bunch and, of a bunch of iHeart New York Ninja t-shirts. It would have been like, oh man, <laughs> I'm no longer original or cool, am I? You know? <laughs> But yeah, it was a good show. It was a lot of fun. We went to go see The Midnight. They're a wonderful, wonderful synthwave band. And it was a good show. And I got a high five from a stranger. So mission accomplished. So that was my weekend. Oh, sounds, uh, sounds fulfilling. It, it sounds like you had a much uh, busier weekend than I did. Oh, well, I mean, I took that Friday off. So I still had two days to be a lazy piece of shit and watch Commando. So there we go. Um, <laughs> all <right>. <laughs> whatever. So, all right. Let's just, let's just get to some news. everyone so um something that's unusual uh, so the, the batman has been out in the theaters for three weeks now and we've talked about that previously um they they the warner brothers just released a deleted scene that's five minutes available online where it's batman um encountering the joker going for advice about how to handle the riddler and um I I've never seen a company release a deleted scene. Like, you know what I mean? Like this is, a, I've never seen this kind of thing before while a movie's still number one in the box office. Yeah. I don't know if that's to one to try and goose some hype to maybe make it, you know, another week, uh, at the box office and, uh, get people interested. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to think if, if, if we have seen this kind of thing now, because I hadn't even considered that aspect until you said it. Yeah, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think we have. And oddly enough, you know, a lot of times when you go to special features, like, like this is, uh, I was looking at some things on the, uh, okay. I, I know that, uh, I'm going to talk about Spider-Man and Paul's going to be mad because he never wants to talk Spider-Man. So he's like, Steve, stop talking about Spider-Man more Batman talk. Yep. Um, the, uh, okay. This is the old man, you know, get off my lawn rant, but you know, the special features. And I know that they're like, well, it doesn't matter anymore because our sales aren't what they were for special features on Blu-ray or Blu-ray in physical media. Say, uh, extras, uh, you know, are not what they once were. Um, and I, I'm trying to go, okay spider-man no way home watched it looked into the special features not a lot there and like the stuff that was cut or the, the what i did see i was like eh, like it, it was nothing that felt like it was a you know wholly lifted out of the film and could have uh 
you know, impacted it. Whereas I'll admit, this is an interesting scene. This is uh, this. It, it makes the previous the the end scene with uh, said character. Uh, well, I guess I should say the Joker. Um, it, it that you know is like oh it's Joker like a you know Easter egg or whatever. With this, it's like oh he's clearly already in the movie. So I I don't know. Um, I didn't answer your question at all, and I went off in like three rambling directions. <laughs> well, it's um, the multiverse. It's the invasion multiverse, Steve. Yeah. I get, oh. So one. Uh, yes. Uh, well, no, I've just never seen something like this. What they used to be. Yeah. No, I just, <laughs> I just feel like I've never seen a film that's being like that successful. It's like, Oh, by the way, here's something extra that we didn't include in like, you know? And so, um, I, I don't know if that's that weird, um, people like you, cause this thing was already completed and it was like, you could tell it was completely finished. It wasn't like, this is like test footage or whatever that they put in and, you know, added it, you know, whatever. Right. Um, you could tell that there was, like, it makes me wonder if they're trying to get out in front of like the shitty, like Snyder verse people where it's like, Oh, the Joker's in this. Why wasn't there more Joker? You know, like type of, so I don't know if they're putting that out there, but it, like the, 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 the reaction seems to be relative, po- relatively positive, meaning like what I see on social media, you know, your mileage may vary. Um, I, um, like I don't, the scene, the scene's kind of interesting, right? I, I guess my question to you though is, are are we now at the point to where the Joker's never allowed to to look like like a relatively normal person ever again? It's interesting you say that because my first thought was I kind of liked that look only because it felt like oh maybe they're trying to play with the scarring from a burn falling into a vat of chemicals so because like if you noticed his hands looked like they had like burns on them his the back of his head at one point like there's a lot of shots from behind and i couldn't tell if it was like is he it looked like it was scarring where Mm -hmm. his hair was coming out of it um and i thought that was an interesting idea that being said i also kind of wondered the same thing just because you know the classic, you know, I, I, I don't I don't know that I should say the Jack Nicholson is the classic make it makeup because, you know, the uh, Romero uh, Cesar Romero, not George <laughs> uh, makeup um, while different is not that crazily different. Like the two, if you put them side by side, you wouldn't be like, oh, it's it, it would not be like putting Cesar Romero next to Heath Ledger mm-hmm. where you're like, holy shit. Uh, I can't even believe that's supposed to be the same character. Well, it's the lack of the mustache on Heath, um, Heath Ledger's character. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do wonder, cause I, I thought, Oh, you know, what'd be interesting is, is since we just got, you know, um, Jared Leto's, um, insane clown posse Joker. I was, I thought maybe it'd be interesting if they went like with a more, um, there's a there's an image done by and I think it's a takeoff of uh, uh, Lion Decker piece, but uh, it's by Altaros. It's the Joker and he's in a tuxedo uh, and his hair slicked back and like he looks very professional isn't probably the best word for it, but like he looks very debonair. And then you know he's in a pose with Harley as she's dancing. Um, it's a great image, but he looks like clean cut and like. Uh, 
unlike any of the the three jokers that we've now had in a row um so i i'm i'm sure that at some point it's going to swing back that way you know where they'll do more of a either classic style joker or a joker that is uh maybe uh, more um chic i don't know if that's the right word to use but uh uh one who doesn't look like they fell into a vat of acid well so here i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a little bit more knowledge that's gonna you're gonna be like huh really that's what they did with this so ign had an extended interview with matt reeves about about this scene and he he said that he and, and company when they approached this um they um viewed that whatever's going on with this iteration of the Joker one, they call it the proto Joker. Cause he's not like, like, cause they view this movie as like, you know, the beginning of the rogues gallery, which I can, you know, I can see that, right? Like we, we get, we get that. Um, they said that whatever this is, it's a degenerative disease that this person's had, you know, forever that forces them to smile. And then that keeps them like, and like, you know, this like, weird whatever right so it's like so they they view themselves like since they constantly have to smile that and they've lived this life of turmoil that they're like they're the joke right and it's like oh christ are we doing like this is like the physical embodiment of um freaking um joaquin phoenix now is this what we're doing is this where we're are we were we pushing those jokers together are we pushing him and he's ledger together now to where this person's physically incapable of not smiling and that's where his psychosis was drawn from, which I mean, fair enough, but it's like, my gosh, like it almost feels like, like they're, can, can the Joker just, can he just be the clown prince of crime and be right. psychotic and not just be like, Oh, he has to laugh uncontrollably or, you know, I don't know. It's just you, you, the, these are characters that you know and love more. And I'm not saying I don't appreciate that like organic thought that went into this, but when, when, and I'm, and I'm making the joke here. So everybody, you know, me lowest like Araconda, right? Lowest common denominator. When you're giving me the Brundlefly version of the Joker here, like, I'm just like, God, like what's the next thing we're going to see is just like a bucket of like lard. That's like painted like green and be like, there you go. There's your Joker next. He's just a bucket of fat and he's misshapen, but misunderstood. Like, where are we going to end up with this? Like, he just looks like he was put under a heat lamp, and I don't like that. I can play that. It, the the giant uh, sack of crap or whatever you just described. <laughs> just paint me green. I can do that. Steve, you found your calling. You could be the sack of shit joker everybody's been hoping for, you know? Like. <laughs> so there's a couple of things here that you said that I'm, I'm going to uh, stumble over, but... Uh, First is, is that what you just said completely proves me wrong, that it's a degenerative disease. And I'm like, oh, I, it's cool scarring. So clearly I'm wrong on that. Um, also, you mentioned that, you know, they're, they're treating this like, oh, you know, building of the Rose Gallery or whatever. But the thing that I liked about this scene, it's, it's one of the qualities that I liked about the movie was, is that it felt like, the comic because everything is already established there's no yeah uh you know one of the benefits of that movie is no explaining who uh bruce wayne is versus you know why he became batman versus you know uh why uh you know jim gordon and him are are you know uh have a bromance going on like that kind of stuff it's just already set up and they don't bother to explain it great and i like that this that if a joker already exists we know batman's already beat him 
and he's in Arkham. That feels very comic booky to me. And the scene where he goes to him, uh, that deleted scene, and, and looks for information, that feels like it's taken out of a lot of. Well, okay, it feels much like uh, Silence of the Lambs, but it appears a lot in, in you know Batman, where he, he has to go to Arkham and try and get information from somebody there. Yeah. Um, so I, I liked that aspect of it. I mean the degenerative disease thing i guess if, if that's the way they want to go fine well because um, they specifically said that reeves said that they didn't want to like have to associate his origin with falling into a vat of acid because when you said that i'm like oh shit steve's not going to be happy about that whenever i bring it to your i mean it, it's fine i mean <laughs> I, <laughs> you sound like me it's fine <laughs> uh well i remember you know when uh Oh God, I'm blanking on his name now. Henry Cavill was sh- first shown as in the Superman suit. You know, my wife's like, "Oh, he doesn't have a spit curl." I bet you don't like that. And I'm like, I, "All right, I'm not crazy about it," you know. But uh, and then I'm like, and then she said something about, "Oh, he's not. He doesn't have red trunks either." I'm like, "I know." Um, <laughs> you're like, you're like, just shh, shh. I, I, I know my pain. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I, I I'm not. Yeah, I would prefer the classic, you know, vat of acid, I guess. You know, I'm I, I'm stuck in my ways, I guess, in some regards there. But uh, I don't know. Um, well, so then, so then, um, not to, this is not supposed to be this episode, so I apologize. But, like, with Heath Ledger's Joker, where we never get a definitive answer about where he came from, like, how do you feel, like, not that we need an origin story, um, and I know Nolan purposely, like, you know, like both of them, uh, Christopher and, you know, and was it um Jonathan Nolan, the, the, his brother, they made it a point to have him tell his origin story three different ways. So you never knew. So how, how do you feel comfortable about that Joker with the way he looks versus like this? I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it, there's, we don't know if there's a vat of acid. We don't know where is how he got those scars, but we, but that's not the point. The point is that we don't know anything about him other than his agenda. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting too, because don't they describe him as the proto Joker? They do, as opposed so to they say like, he's not quite oh, there well. yet. He's not full on Joker, but it's like, yeah, his hair's green. He's kind of purplish, and like I don't know, looks kind of Joker to me. You know, like if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck and and laughs like Heath Ledger, I think it's the Joker. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, it, this is nothing against that actor, but I. I was actually pleasantly surprised by his his performance just because um, and I don't think it's his fault. But watching the Eternals, uh, Droog is just sort of uh, he's just he's sort of missing a personality, in my opinion. He, he's very punchable. Uh, <laughs> he's very punchable. And you don't like Droog. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was really surprised by his performance here and that I should know better that, you know, I shouldn't judge a performance or an actor on one performance, but, uh, I was, I was really pleasantly surprised by, uh, by the way he portrayed the Joker. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like the, and I think I talked about this in our episode, uh, where we covered it, but you know, I like that idea of it being, Oh, you know what? We're not going to bother with setting up the Joker. He's already established and he's here. Um, which they said, you know, not really, but that was my take on it. I, I liked jumping into that world and, and having it already set up. And I, I don't know, I, I, I it would have been cool, too, if they had like gone by another door and like we saw Harvey Dent, 
because you know if this is year two, um, and I don't technically know that that uh, the I was going to say the Long Halloween, which is mm-hmm. part of uh, his one of the stories that's part of his origin. We'll put it that way. Um, would have played out here as well, but the you know maybe if we'd have just saw Two Face already, and it was like whoa, you know. Because we know how Harvey Dent becomes Two Face, you know, uh, or maybe you show somebody that you're like, I can't believe they showed, you know. Yeah, I think you mentioned Zaz uh, when we were talking uh, about the movie. Like, what if it would have been, um, you know, like Clayface, like some sort of weird clay monster? And you're like, what the hell is that? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I, I liked it for the, those reasons, and and then every time you read me an article or tell me about it, I'm like, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, like, so no, so people, if, if you've seen the Batman, I'm sorry, spoilers, it, it's him talking to the Joker. And then I don't, I honestly think that, you know, for a three hour movie, if you, if eventually one of the bad guys comes in contact with the Joker, I don't think that like, that's not the spoiler of the movie, right? The big, I mean, I know we talked about that episode and we, we put up the, the time timestamps so people could get, get around the spoilers. There's a lot more going on in the movie than that, than the Joker there for a second, like whatever, like that's not. It's Batman, you know, like it, it would be like, Hey, by the way, there's also a Batmobile in the movie. Like, Oh no, you know, it just whatever. But I think as like a deleted scene, which considering this thing is three hours long, I'm like, I'm surprised this wasn't just put in the movie. Like what's another five minutes, you know? Um, like, I think, I think this, like, I understand that they cut it because the whole duality statement of like, I think you have more in common with this guy than you don't, uh, was stated in the movie, but this movie took its time. And, um, that performance of the, the actor playing the Joker and also showing, I think it also would have showed another, another, um, part of, uh, Pattinson's Bruce Wayne to show his desperation that he is going to Hannibal Lecter. Right. I think, yeah. I think, I mean, it's a, it's a good scene and I'm sure there's already going to be fan edits of that being stuck in there somewhere. Or it'll be like the HBO Max exclusive version yeah, that'll like, be on there. We'll have we'll have the the Joker cut. And it's like it's not only three hours; it's three hours and five minutes. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's gonna you know it's gonna be in black and white and whatever. It's gonna be you know uh, it'll be black and white and you don't see a damn thing for the whole movie. Um, but yeah, anyway. So I just, I just want to talk about that for a second because I know we just talked about uh, the Batman. So all right. Um, so do you have anything else before I get into other other stories here? No, no, okay. I just, uh, I don't know. I, the answer to your original question, I don't, you're right. I don't, I can't think of that being something that a company would do where they just flat out throw out some footage well, while but, movies which still theaters. Be, because the, the end, the, there was that joke in um, Spider-Man enter, you know, enter the Spider-Verse, which was like one of my favorite, like best kept secrets, right? That, that end credit sequence. Um, mm. And it was amazing. And how like Sony made it a point to make sure that like it didn't get out. And then people were posting on a line after it's, and this is like the opposite of that where it's like, Hey everybody, look at this amazing thing we did, you know? And it's like, shh, shh, shh. no, people have to go to the theater and see it. And now, and now Warner Brothers is like, yeah, there's things, something we cut. Isn't that exciting? Come see our movie again. You know, I don't, it's just a weird, it's a weird thing. So, um, all right. Anyway, next, next story here, I'm going to read you a headline. Um, it is, uh, here's the headline music loving snake ejected from Australian festival for the crime of being a music loving snake. There you go. So that ties into our, um, our, our theme here. This, uh, this ties into last week as well, because of the whole St. Patrick's day thing, right? Uh, it's, it's whacking day. 
and um, <laughs> um, and so so uh, what happened here was uh, this is from the AV Club. Uh, it says, "Pity the poor, terrifying, disgusting creatures of the earth who have to deal with a music festival getting set up in their habitat. Not only are the cursed, not only are they cursed to live their lives as the subjects of so much human fear, but the snakes and spiders and other creeps of uh, the animal kingdom have no say in the planning of large outdoor events that intrude upon their homes." So what happened was there was a festival where uh, people were there, this, this large festival, and as they're there listening to a band, I think the band's called um, Super Jesus, which is a great name. It's all one word. So they noticed a snake in the crowd. And so what happened was uh, uh, the band had to stop playing, and then security guards had to form a circle around the snake because they didn't want it to get scared. They didn't want anybody hurting it until a snake handler came. And so in the middle of this festival, everyone's like, Oh no, there's a snake. Everyone's like, shh, 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 don't hurt it. We'll get it out of here. Um, so, but I, but I like the writing of the article here because the way it's, it's implied, it's like the snake knowing it's free admission to the show had been compromised. Apparently removed itself from the situation by disappearing into a hole in the ground where it couldn't be caught by the snake handler. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, um, so the band said they started playing again anyway. They said, uh, they don't know where the, the snake went, but the sound of the bass would have sent that thing to a galaxy far, far away. So, all right. So, um, here, the, 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 here's the last sentence of this, um, to our knowledge, no other sets from the festival, including ones from black rebel motorcycle club, stone Temple pilots and Bush were interrupted by curious snakes. We presume, however, that this lineup featured plenty of snake skin apparel anyway. So there you go. There was a snake at a, at a concert and they're like, we got to save it. And then it just went away. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh, poor snake. Um, cause I mean, that has to be pure chaos, right? For an animal to be like, why are all these people around? What's all this vibration going on? I just want to live my life. It, it's basically like any of us on the 4th of July who aren't the people out <laughs> shooting off firecrackers yeah, no at about four o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think also Snakes at a Concert was going to be the uh, the sequel to Snakes on a Train. Um, it's going to be the Grizzly 2, right? <laughs> it's going to be Snakes on <laughs> a Plane 2, the concert. Oh, um, yeah. You know what? That's one of the worst goddamn moves I've ever seen is, uh, you know, aside from the Hellraiser one. But there's a photo on this IV article, uh, IV Club article, that shows a guy dressed in a banana suit crowd surfing. And here, here's the, the caption We couldn't find a photo of a snake at the festival. So here's a concert goer dressed as the snake of fruit. <laughs> like, <laughs> a banana. <laughs> so credit to them. I thought that was funny. All right. So the last story here, I think this one's actually a story about you, Steve, but you, you, um, tried to hide it. So I just, I want to call you out on this. So, um, all right, let's see, I got too many pop-ups here. What's going on here. So this, uh, here, this is from, um, the 24th. So earlier today, so at 4 PM, Ohio woman, Steve calls 911 to complain about her KFC order. Um, so police in Ohio are reminding the public not to call 911 about their fast food, um, their fast food disputes after a woman, Steve, use the emergency number to complain about her, his KFC order. The Euclid police department said chagrin Valley dispatch 911, which I know you don't live here, but I'm sure if you wanted, you could make this happen. I think this is still you, uh, received a call on Tuesday, from a woman, Steve, who told a dispatcher that uh, he did not receive enough chicken at the KFC drive-thru. Uh, they said that they had paid for eight pieces of chicken, but only received four. Uh, here's the quote. I only got four pieces of chicken, and I want my chicken, Steve told the dispatcher. Um, 
the dispatcher advised the woman that her problem was a civil matter. Um, and that should be discussed with the store's manager, but, um, they insisted on an officer being sent to the scene. The department said an officer arrived at the eatery and told the woman there was nothing he could do about the issue. Uh, you could police chief said the situation is to serve as a reminder uh, for the public to not use nine one one for non-emergency issues. I, excuse me, sir. I would disagree with the nature of that being an emergency or not an emergency. Uh, while we are here to serve the public, uh, an incorrect drive through order is not a police matter. Again, I will disagree on that. Um, so I, this is the, 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 final sentence here is, uh, the West Yorkshire police contact management center in Britain issued a similar reminder in 2020 when a resident called their emergency number to report a new freezer they had ordered was delivered to the wrong address. <laughs> if your freezer has been delivered to another address by accident, this isn't a police issue. <laughs> they tweeted. So Steve, why, why are we so angry about KFC and, and, and getting four pieces when you were at eight? I, I know, I know you had to like, you know, I know you had to do like some Mrs. Doubtfire shit to try to draw heat away from you, uh, to make this happen. Hey, they let me go. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't arrest me, and they they tried to cover it up. Yeah, uh, you know, I you hear things like this, and it's it's one of those things where I don't know. For me, it's just how bad is your life? Like how 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 Wait, bad? How bad is your life that you want KFC or that you call the police about it? <laughs> A little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> uh, just that, you know, that you think I should call the police over this. You know, uh, you want to be like, oh, they're just being stupid or they're crazy or whatever. But there's got to be something else to it. You know, it's got to be like a falling down situation. You know, <laughs> I, I <laughs> oh, that's a movie. Oh God. That's a movie that I don't think has aged well at all. Um, cause I remember watching as a kid being like, yeah. And then I got older. I'm like, Oh God, the guys, that guy's the bad guy this entire time, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. But it's like, I also think that, okay. So me, okay. Let's just assume like all jokes aside, the person that was calling, you know, things have gone sideways and you know, they, they have a, they, they have a rough go of it and maybe they're not, maybe they, they have some mental health issues and all that. Like, okay, fine. Um, that, 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 that's something that is upsetting and needs to be addressed and the police should not be involved, you know, all that. Right. But however, what if, what if the other side of it is, is that this person is like, you know what? I've had a bad day. I'm going to get the police involved because they're wasting my time. I'm going to waste everybody else's time. And that's selfish, but also kind of funny. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't, <laughs> I can't speak to that. I can tell you that my motivation was purely based. Oh wait, no, it wasn't <laughs> me. Uh, no, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I guess there's part of me and <laughs> I probably shouldn't even say this, but there's part of me where I'm like, Oh, you know, that th those police officers could have been taken away from, you know, uh, stopping an important crime or something like that. Uh, at the same time, I think about it every time I, you know, pass a cop on the road. I'm always like, oh, glad to see they're out really stopping crime. Woo, way to go. <laughs> Look at you um, not not fighting for an eight-piece versus a four-piece. <laughs> Spending $1 billion of my taxpayer money. You know, whatever. No, I, like, I, no, like, again, you know, that's a more complicated issue. 
the police are there to serve the public. I, they should not get involved in matters of um, what was given at a like at a restaurant. Like, I mean, unless someone is being belligerent in said restaurant and becoming a threat towards the employees there, the police, I, you know, they I, they don't like the. the like that's not their, that that's not their venue. You know, like I, I, yeah. I agree with that. Um, I will say that I, I think I am going to call the police and be like, listen, my local Taco Bell does not make Mexican pizzas anymore. Um, you need to arrest them all right now. Cause that's a crime. I can't like I heard it, Like I am oppressed. I need Mexican pizzas. <laughs> will you let me know how that goes? And, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go to Euclid and see how that goes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like they're going to be like, they're going to be like the number of fast food related calls have spiked by a thousand percent of people just being like, I wanted three dipping sauces and I got two. Um, I believe that you guys should go in. You got what well, you guys got a tank, right? Knock that shit down and go in there and get them. I want my sauce. You know, I don't, I don't know why this uh, popped in my head, but, I thought I thought you know what would be funny would be if you just every day drove to Taco Bell, went through the drive-through, ordered a Mexican pizza, and when they told you that they didn't have any more, you just said something like you know, oh to hell with you, and then drove every off. day, and just, just oh. every day, you know. Um, <laughs> I'll be like, hey hey, do you guys have tortillas in there? They're like, yeah, crispy. Like, do you have? Do you have uh, ground beef? But yeah, like, do you have do you have refried beans? Like, yeah. Do you have cheese? Yeah. It's like, do you like? Can you squeeze that into like a flat circle? They'll be like, yeah. I'm like, well, can I have a Mexican pizza? Well, that's not on the menu. That's not what you told me. Like, I would, I would just go through the the, the question process, right? Be like, you have all the ingredients. I understand it's you know it's two tacos that have given up on life. And they're just laying flat on top of each other. Like they, they can't do any better. I get it. Like, I get it. You know, that's the best they're going to be, but I want it. To, I, I want a Mexican pizza, you know, like, you know, so anyway, I, I don't know if it's worthy of calling the cops, but I might hire a private investigator just to, you know, knock on some doors and harass some people. Well, that sounds like a good use of your both time and money. <laughs> like, like, like I call somebody, and be like, "Hey, what's going on?" It's like I have a missing, I have a missing persons case. What's well? It's not really a person; it's an object. Okay, what was taken from you? Well, it's not what was taken from me; it's what I can't have. Okay, what is it you can't have? Well, it's a Mexican pizza. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I know you and I recently watched some film noirs. I just want to get that, like, you know, that, 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 that detective that's just been driven to the edge and <laughs> be like, I need you to figure out why. And then somehow he stumbles across like this conspiracy that's like, you know, that goes all the way to the top of like city hall about why the Mexican pizza doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> like, and somehow, and somehow there's multiple dead bodies. That's what I, I need. I need to crack the case. You know, like a, yeah, Mike, a Mike Hammer a mystery, a Mike Hammer mystery of the Mexican pizza. <laughs> I, I want to believe it's a situation where he looks at you and he says, you're not going to believe how far, how deep this thing goes. You know, the, 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 the furthest reaches of the government was involved with the disappearance of the Mexican pizza. Now I'll be like, is, so you're saying this is not, this has gone from mild to fire sauce. And you'd be like, yeah, I'm like, oh, that sounds, that sounds dangerous. You know, like, <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, oh god anyway so so yeah like pro tip everybody if you don't get you get what you want from your order go go talk to them and if they disagree with you i don't know what to say about that i you know go, keep going up the ladder i i most of these companies they have social media teams and so if you, if you yell loud enough they'll give you something you know you know how it goes we both worked in retail we both worked in front-facing customer service um if you're you, just you're just ruining somebody's day right now you know, well, no, 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 but I'm saying like, no, 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 seriously, Steve, what, no, what I'm saying, no, 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 please let me <laughs> rewind. Um, but like, have you, have you ever had a situation where it's like you have, you are legitimately in the, like, like have been wronged and those in power do not want to like correct it. So then what's the, like the obvious thing is to go up the ladder, right? Like, like so I'm saying is like, if it's a legitimate, like wrong, like a four piece versus an eight piece, that's legitimate. I don't know how much time you want to invest in that. But yeah, like if you want to call and be like, Hey, like, you know, like, you know, whatever this, this KFC that I went to didn't do what I want, like I, what I hoped for that I paid for, you know, they're going to get like a coupon or something to, to like, you know, to, like whatever it's, it's what happens. I'm not saying make somebody stay terrible. I'm just saying if you, if you keep talking, you'll get something. I mean, the reason I know that's because you and I both worked front facing retail and the people that keep talking get something eventually, right? As much as we don't want to admit to it, it's what happens. Yeah, yeah, you, that's true. Uh, those poor, poor bastards on the front lines are the ones who have to, you know, put up with somebody just complaining about their freaking four pieces of chicken. <clears throat> Fine, take it all. Just come <laughs> back here, get as much chicken as you want, put it in your pockets, <laughs> stuff it stuff it in your mouth while you're back here. I don't care. Just take it all. Right? Like it's like no no chicken skin off my back. Um so <laughs> but what I'm saying is like don't involve the police. Like <laughs> like uh, unless, you know, unless it's, you know, uh, the band, the police. Well, the, like, so I know that there if was, you can somehow get sting to come to that KFC. Totally. I can tell you though, there is a Taco Bell. Um, and this is very Cleveland specific. It's on West one seventeenth. that, that, that one has been like, there was times where people have tried to rob it and the staff pulled a gun on the people trying to rob them. Oh my <laughs> so, God. Like, so when you hear that, you're like, Oh, they weren't robbed because they had guns too. And I'm not saying that, you know, um, like, I'm not saying that, well, you know what stops a bad guy with a gun is a Taco Bell employee with a gun. I'm not saying that, but also that makes me sound like if I ask for a Mexican pizza, I'm, a piece is going to get drawn on me and I, maybe I shouldn't do that. But it's one of those things you hear about that. And you're like, Oh, well, you know, good on them. So when I go to that drive through, I'm like, if they mess up my order, I don't tell them, you know, cause I, I know how it escalates, I, but it's also Taco Bell. It's the same four elements in every single thing. So whatever, but I need it flat. I need it circle. Like I have my needs. I'd like a diet Mountain Dew. Would you like sour cream with that, sir? Yeah, in it, please. That that's the Baja to Baja blast, right? <laughs> so, anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> don't don't call the cops on fast food orders, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely not. That seems, that seems. I mean, can we all agree? Like, I know the world's kind of all screwed up and burning, and there's all these things going on. There's a lot of division. But you you know like however you feel about the police they they legitimately have better things to do with their time than to settle fast food um you know disputes yeah they do <laughs> all right so <laughs> that's gonna do it for our news um, now let's get into the not at all problematic representation of our military with uh, GI Joe the movie. Mm-hmm. 
And now for our feature presentation. Tonight's special feature is G.I. Joe the movie from 1987. Uh, also from director uh, Don Jerwich, uh, who I'm going to say it right now. I do not familiar with that name. I'm going to guess he's probably done a lot of animation. And I just pulled up his IMDb. And yes, it's a lot of animation from back in the 80s, 70s. Looks like. Uh, oh, he did some possibly. of his. Uh, a lot of Spider Man and his amazing friends. There you go. Yeah, he did. He also did uh, the Fonz and the Happy Days gang. So. As we all remember. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels. Everybody remembers that. Uh, <laughs> world's greatest super friends and challenge of the super friends all right now we're now we're talking my speed is challenge um, of the super friends the same thing as the laugh olympics is that what that is i don't know no laugh <laughs> olympics is <sighs> can there please be like a a shitty dc version of like super friends and like legion of doom but it's like the laugh olympics <laughs> like can, can we please have that where you know yeah i'm sure if we wait long enough DC will give it to us, or I should say Warner Brothers. Fair enough. um, Yeah, so getting back to the main cast here, uh, it was uh, directed by Don Jerwich. Writing credits are uh, Ron Friedman and Roger Slifer. Slifer? I'm not sure how to say that name, but uh, I think, and I could be wrong on this, but I feel like a lot of this was written in a writer's room and a lot of times when that happens there's a lot of people who don't get uh um probably the credit they deserve or uh you know you get one writer credit and you know maybe there's like eight people who worked on this i'm not saying that's what happened but i kind of get that feeling with this project but i could be wrong well what will Um, happen is with the writer's room is that if like someone comes up with like the bulk of that what the episode is They'll get like the story credit, even though the like the whole room kind of works on the project. Yeah, but, you know. So, but I also want to notice that he actually was one attributed as one of the writers for Transformers the movie. Okay, so um, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, well, no, no. I, I we think, should just title this podcast that. Maybe no, no, no. I think you're absolutely right. I just know that, like, <laughs> you don't know, because there's a lot of times where it's like because you want to give. You like because however like I mean I've never been in a writer's room right I know you haven't either but it's like I I understand a lot of people contribute right and so like there's a lot of like a lot of different things moving um, and you know but I would imagine that if somebody was like hey this was my this is my seed of an idea and this is where I want to see this go and then people help out it's like okay you get writing credit for that but then you can assist on this like that that seems fair to me you know I think that's probably I, that from my understanding that's kind of how it goes. I guess that tells you a little bit about the movie that we're going to be talking about where I spend five minutes talking about writer's rooms and whether or not writers get credit. So, um, <laughs> I don't know if anybody <laughs> wants credit for this, but yes, continue. Yeah. Uh, you know, the actors in this film, I mean, it is animated. Um, I don't want to go through the entire cast list. Um, I also don't want to disrespect any of the people who were, uh, you know, obviously involved with this, but I'm going to just throw a few names out there. You've got, uh, you know, Frank Welker, uh, Frank Welker, who has been a voice actor, I think now for like 50 years, uh, is also known for doing any and every animal on the planet, uh, from being a, uh, whale on the Simpsons, I think to 
you know, doing, uh, I think every dog sound probably in any cartoon ever. Uh, <laughs> Frank Welker is a huge name. Yeah. Like, uh, like if you, um, <laughs> if, uh, once he leaves this world, we won't have any voices. <laughs> I think, uh, Billy West or John DiMaggio is going to pick up that, uh, slack. Here's open, uh, cross some fingers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you have Robert Remus. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Robert Remus is, uh, he's the uh, wrestler slash G.I. Joe, or I should just say Joe, uh, Sergeant Slaughter. I'm sure that we're going to talk about him within the, the you know context of the movie. I don't know if you have anything here that you want to say about Sergeant Slaughter. I just, again, I just, when I watched this the other day, which again, I, I saw this as a kid and I'll talk about that in a minute, but the whole, the whole credit of Sergeant Slaughter, Sergeant Slaughter just cracked me up. Like I enjoyed yeah. that a great deal. <laughs> okay. Uh, we've got, uh, Don Johnson as Lieutenant Falcon and I don't want to, and I'm going to do this a lot, unfortunately during this episode, but I don't want to compare this to Transformers of the movie, but if you were to think of Transformers of the movie, Judd Nelson's hot rod is kind of what Don Johnson is here. He's the famous voice who's playing a new character that's being introduced, who's going to have some sort of importance. Would you say that that's a fair assessment? Yes, I would agree with that. Okay. Um, so uh, some other names here that we've got um, – there's a uh, Christopher Collins who is Cobra commander. I would say that this is probably his most famous role. If I look at his IMDb, I'll probably quickly disproven, but, uh, I think, well, Starscream. Well, Starscream. Obviously. I mean, they're, yeah. they're, they're not dissimilar in the voice and then their intent. Right. So like, but again, like so good at what he does. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I would say that uh, as a kid, it was one of those things where it was like, oh, wouldn't it be great to see Cobra Commander and Starscream have a conversation? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why that's the type of thing that I thought about as a kid. But, <laughs> They'd uh, both be bitching about like the upper management. <laughs> well, to be fair, Cobra Commander was ousted, uh, whereas... Um, you know, Starscream, Starscream was always was a, gunning for the number one spot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I, I don't know why I think this is funny. Um, but, uh, there's an actor named Rob Paulson who, uh, played snow job. Uh, one snow jobs already a funny name, but, uh, Rob Paulson makes me think of meatloaf's character in, uh, fight club. Uh, fight club. Yeah. uh Robert Paulson. Robert Paulson. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Uh, last thing that I'll mention here actor wise, and then you can name people who I clearly <laughs> left off the list. Uh, Burgess Meredith as Globulus. Um, this is probably his greatest role. I think this is the thing people probably remember him for. <laughs> yes, you're right. That's it. That's it. That's all we've never heard from him ever before or ever since. You're right. That's it. Uh, I, I believe he was on like a science fiction anthology show back in the sixties that went nowhere. He was in some sports movie. Yeah, I and I also know. think he was amongst some um, upset or older gentlemen at one point. Yeah. Too. yeah. Um, and uh, he may have even been a Batman villain at one point, but I think it was somebody like egghead. Um, <laughs> no, obviously everybody knows who Burgess Meredith is. Uh, uh, 
you know, he's the Orson Welles of this, I think, in, in those terms, if we're talking again about Transformers, the movie, um, that was sort of the, the big name where you're like, wow, that's, that's an older person who is probably way too good to be doing this. Same here with Burgess Meredith. So, yeah, no. So other people want to mention real quickly here are, uh, Earl Bowen just for a second, because he, you know, him as, um, the psychiatrist in the Terminator films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I want to mention him as well. Uh, he's still out doing things. Um, like he's doing all sorts of video game and, um, you know, cartoon voices. Um, so I thought that was fun to see Earl Bowen there as well. And then who else do we have here? Uh, Peter Cullen, he's Xandar, uh, and he's also the nemesis enforcer who doesn't say a word. Cause we know Peter Cullen as Optimus prime. That makes sense as well, because you know, like, you know, you, you hire people that, you know, can do voices, right? So, um, see if there's anybody else in here. Like, so I, yeah. I just realized that I missed Corey Burton. Uh, Corey Burton, uh, is like a ton of characters. Um, but he's Tomax in this and, uh, uh, most recently he'd be the live action version. Well, he did both the animated and live action version of Cad Bane's voice. Oh, okay. So, you know, but he's, he's done everything, you know, he's been in star Wars. He's been in, you know, a ton of Disney stuff. He's done Looney tunes. Um, he's, he's got a ton of credits. Uh, and now that I think about it, like when does his career start? Is he, uh, uh, well, I, I'm scrolling. Well, it looks no, like there's, there's a lot of people that have in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. No, they have, there's people that we know that have like your established voice actor. Right. And this is, this is the time, like this is the time to, oh, he was also spike in transformers. There you so. go. Cause you mentioned uh, Rob Paulson, the guy's like all over the place doing everything all the time. So there, there is a very much established, um, a voice cast here. And then Don Johnson, Showing up in this. <laughs> Nothing. I'm not taking anything away from him. I, I think Don Johnson's having like, like he's had, um, he's having like a second renaissance, you know, cause he did obviously Miami Vice, all that. And then this is like his heyday for that. And then he had, uh, what was the name of that series on CBS with him and Cheech Marin, um, Nash Bridges. Like oh, that was, yeah. that was that for a bit. And now it's like, now he's like, and like he was in knives out. He's been like, he's, he's now getting to like that old man phase. Like not like, not he was like already older man in Nash bridges, but like now he's like, like he's uh, like, like good on him. Like I'm, I'm all about Don Johnson still working. Cause I think he's great. Um, I don't know how I feel about this character. One, his performance and two, the writing of Lieutenant Falcon, like, he is problematic as all get out. <laughs> what do you mean? He's a sex machine. Oh, no, no, no. Sex offender. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, this is like from what I was reading and you can correct me cause I mean, I, I am a hack and a fraud. This film, um, not only was it supposed to be, you know, released before the original Transformers um, film in the theaters, and it didn't happen. We'll, I'm sure we'll get to that in a second. This was supposed to be like the capstone to the original animated series. So this was supposed to be like the coda to the cartoon, right? So, um, so it was kind of like, you know, also laying the groundwork for what might come next. Before we get into that more, though, you told me, uh, in between our um, like recording here that you wanted to talk about like your grounding with GI Joe and then ask me about where I'm coming from. So what is your relationship with GI Joe before we get into talking about the movie? So GI Joe is, is interesting. And in, in doing some research for this, this uh, episode, 
I found that my my memory of certain things isn't the way I thought it was. Um, I, I I don't know if I talked about it during our toy show uh, when we covered the toys that made us or not. Um, but when it comes to um, you know s- toys, like there there's a big portion of my childhood that's dominated by Star Wars, and then after Return of the Jedi. I, there, there's three properties, I guess you could say, that I, my attention falls toward. It's Transformer. Well, okay, it's He-Man. He-Man's probably the thing that I'm the most into for a good solid year, year and a half. Um, and then uh, there's uh, Transformers, and then there's GI Joe. Those are probably the three that were vying for my attention, and that makes sense for my age at the time, and also them being the biggest three toy lines that happen after star Wars. Um, I didn't read the comic books back in, in the day. I wasn't regularly picking up GI Joe's, but I, I, I picked up, you know, a few characters here and there ones that, you know, I thought were cool looking or whatever, but I didn't have very many of the toys. I had some, but not a lot. Um, but my memory was, was that, uh, there was a, an hour after school that was transformers and GI Joe. And I have very vivid memories of watching them, uh, after school. But I was thinking that was like, you know, 83, 84 turns out, uh, the first season, I don't think debuts until 85. Um, so I have sort of a, a grounding in like what the series was in the eighties and, and what the toy line was, but it was never, it was never the thing that I was the most into. Like my, my partner on the Siren Slasher, Ryan, he, uh, would probably put, you know, GI Joe possibly ahead of star Wars when it comes to like his love of toys. But, um, you know, he, he was, you know, he's, he actually showed me, he found a bunch of his old GI Joes and like, he had like painted them and made them bloody and done all this stuff to them. You know, the type of stuff you do when you're a kid. Um, did you, but, uh, did you go, this is why we're friends. Is that why you yeah. said? <laughs> yeah. He was actually surprised how many, you got like clean versions of characters. He still had, he's like, Oh my God, I can't believe this looks this good. Cause I was like terrible with my toys as was I. So, um, but no, like I, I know that that was for him. Like that was his big thing. So, I some I fall somewhere in the middle where like I was watching the show, I bought the occasional toy, um, and I did think of Transformers and GI Joe as being in the same universe, um, which is interesting because you just I, I was just always waiting for that episode where Starscream would show up and have a conversation with Cobra Commander. But um, my my recollections of it were, you know, it was a show that I watched and enjoyed, but I don't have a strong um, nostalgia for it. But when I say that, one of the reasons I wanted to visit this was because when we were doing our year of animation, uh, one night I started watching GI Joe, the movie, and I was about 10, 15 minutes in. And I was like, Oh, you know what? I'm going to stop this. Cause I want to talk about it on the show, but I want to wait until we, you know, we can, you know, when it's, I want to watch it fresh because we, you know, at that point, I don't know how many episodes we had left in the year or whatever. But um, I was like, I'm going to stop now. I'm going to save this for an episode. And I, I think 
between that time, the pure nostalgia of it being this thing that I was going to revisit, I think kind of fueled my interest. Um, and this is one of those things again, where, uh, maybe I'm the reverse of some people where they tend to remember things a lot more glowingly than, than, uh, those things really were. Uh, this was definitely a case of once I sat down and watched the entire movie, I was like, Oh yeah, this is not that, this movie's not that great. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, 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 there's enough nostalgia behind it that it got me interested in visiting it. Um, but that nostalgia wears thin. So I'm curious to know, like, did you first, you know, see this, on TV, did you rent it? Because I think, I think we, I think I rented it. I don't, I don't remember watching it on TV, but um, I guess it was broadcast later and part of the syndication package. But I'm, I'm fairly certain I rented it. So, what do you have any history with GI Joe? First, I should ask that, and um, also like with this movie. So yeah, I have a history with the GI Joe. I remember having the toys growing up. I just, um, but since they were the same scale as like you know what Star Wars figures, like they were the same like like scale size, right? That you can, I think that's correct. Like they this, were, I, they had more points of articulation though. Okay, well, that, duh. No, I don't know, but um, like yeah, like so we had those growing up. We had that. Like for me, I was more of a Transformers kid just because. Uh, robots that transform into other things and then transform back into robots and fight each other is always going to be way cooler to me. Like I just, I, as much as I loved, like um, I, well, watching this, I saw the trouble bubbles and I'm like, I want a trouble bubble. I want one of those right now. Like I want, I want a Cobra trouble bubble. I need, I don't know. Like I want one now just to commute around. Like, you know, and be like, I'm just going to go in my little trouble bubble and go to the store for a second. Like, I'm sure there's like a hook inside to hang my grocery bags and just like, bloop, bloop, and go over where I'm going to do like, the Cobra had some cool stuff, right? They had some cool vehicles. GI Joe did too. It, it was part of my life. It's just Transformers was the thing for me. Um, when it comes to this, when you say, did I rent it? I like, I will say, um, <clears throat> my memories of this start with, um, the bit after, um, that big raw, raw three, four minute sequence at the beginning where the Joes fight Cobra over the statue of Liberty. I don't remember that whatsoever. And I think that was clipped from the syndication package because what I remember first is the whole like sewers and going to the, was it the terror, terror dome, terror, whatever it was. And then having, um, a Pythona confront Serpentor. That's what I remember first about this. So I think I saw this on TV. Okay. Yeah. I remember, I remember the opening being part of the movie. Um, it's it's certainly possible that they used it uh, in the TV series as well as a you know like you said a truncated opening. Um, I am I'm curious though. Do you remember liking it at the time? Do you remember thinking like, oh, this is this is you know just as good or better than? I, 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 it's unfair to keep. I'm going to keep bringing up Transformers in the movie, but <laughs> where where did you land on this? Well, like, no, I remember this kid? being like this was like the serious GI Joe thing at the time, right? Like, like you know, I was like, oh no, what is this Cobra Law stuff, and what's going on with Cobra Commander? And in my mind, whatever reason, that whole bit with him, I remembered all of that. Right. I remember mm. this, like the intro, like, I don't remember exactly with Pythona breaking in and, and, and facing like Serpentor. And why am I saying these names out loud? I don't understand. It's just, it's all chaos, but I do remember 
the Cobra Law stuff a little bit. I remember Cobra Commander getting done dirty as much as he's a shithead. I remember that. That must have really scarred me as a kid because that's some dark stuff. But I remember this being like the serious, like, you know, oh, shit, shit's getting real G.I. Joe. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like as much as like as much as I remember watching, I remember watching Transformers, the movie. Uh, when I was, or like, I was like, I was late teens, like, or like, um, and I remember watching cause we had a, there's a VHS at somebody's house. I'm like, and it was one of those things where I have those moments of like, it was one of those guilty pleasures of like, this is actually a lot better than I remember. Like, you know, it was one of those things where I'm like, <laughs> you know, like it's not, it's not great. Right. Cause we've talked about it. It's a lot of fun. I'm glad I own, I own the, the Blu-ray or whatever, but it's like at the time I'm like, Oh, like, I know this is just a, this, these are all just toy commercials, but it's like, I was watching, I was like man, I kind of like this. I kind of like this a lot. I was like, I don't know. So with this, I remember when I was a kid watching this, I was like, Oh shit, Cobra law. This is all serious. Like what's going on here? What's that guy floating around the mad ball? Like I like, what's going on with all this? Like it is, you know, this felt like the serious GI Joe little did I know I'd revisit this as a grown up and, and, um, be betrayed immediately while watching this. <laughs> Okay, that's that's interesting. I mean, I don't know that I ever thought of it as the serious G.I. Joe. I will say when I, I went back this weekend and I watched the uh, five part uh, episode or five episodes uh, story of Arise Serpentor, uh, I was kind of surprised, but I'm like, this is this is better than I remember it. I, I remember G.I. Joe not always having the best animation. And maybe because that was the like second season opener, they put a lot into those five episodes. I don't I was I was pleasantly surprised that I was like, it looks pretty good. Um and it's not as because I've gone back and watched some Transformers and there's some real janky animation uh and some stuff going on in, in some of those Transformers episodes. And I'm like, okay, well, this is better than I thought, and and it kind of got me pumped up to watch, uh, you know, uh, GI Joe uh, the movie, because, uh, like I said, I, I kind of had sort of not great memories of it. My my feeling was, I remember as a kid feeling like it was a jump the shark moment, even though that's not really what I would have told you back then. Like I that I don't think that becomes a phrase for another twenty years, but. Cobra law to me seemed like a step in the wrong direction. Um, and I would have probably put it this way as a kid, I probably would have said they were stupid. Um, but, uh, I, I just, I remember thinking like, Oh, cause I'm, I'm 12, 13, uh, in 87, you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm probably seeing this as I'm entering teens or just become one. So I'm also a little bit like that's kid stuff, man. Go get my Batman. <laughs> I'm gonna go hide all my best Ben Luke's right now. That's this is that's, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, in, in in revisiting this, I I you know I mentioned earlier that like I I, I was a little nostalgic um, starting it out because it, it it is that thing of like oh this was something very specific to our childhood you know. Uh, it was very specific to a specific period of time as well, not just our childhood. So I was, I probably had a little bit more hopes for it because I do quite enjoy Transformers of the movie. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to keep happening. I'm just going to keep bringing it up. But 
this is not that, unfortunately. Well, no, um, I, I think it's I think it's fair to bring that up because that's part of the conversation here. Is that from what I was reading again at the internet? You know, everybody can go find this. That um, that this was actually the one that was put in production first in terms of story writing and everything, right? And then delays kept happening, and then Transformers the movie came out, and it didn't perform well at the theater. And then like the My Little Pony movie, which I mean, by the way, we didn't even talk about how like what Sprinkle Ass or whatever the name is dies in that too. Like you know. I don't know the ponies' names. Whatever. I just wanted to make up one. And Sprinkle Ass is not a pony name, uh, but like Sprinkle Ass is my club name. <laughs> Sprinkle Ass is what happens. Like you know when I when I um, have uh, Mexican pizzas is what happens. That's uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> so um, so yeah, they didn't do so well either. So then this was like released straight to video, and then it was also put in the syndication. So that's I think it's important to mention that there was the high hopes for this one. It just didn't quite come together. And then when we get to it, it's like, you know what? Um, I don't like, it's already kind of, it's already kind of a flawed product. How much worse would it have put like done at the theater? Right? Like, like I, I, um, you know, I shudder to think about how, how much this thing would have gotten just annihilated by anybody watching it in the theater. Yeah. And I know that they also cut some corners once they decided to put it, uh, uh, to direct a video uh, as opposed to putting it in theaters. Uh, you know, one of the things that I love about Transformers in the movie is its soundtrack. Uh, whether it's the Vince DiCola um, instrumental stuff or, you know, stuff like uh, The Touch or um, I think White Lion does the cover of the theme song. Oh, like, yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, it dare to be stupid. Jesus Christ. How could I forget that? Like, it's a great soundtrack. Um, this does not have that at all. I think they have like a little spiffier version of, of the theme and that's about it. Well, I think it's, like, it's a weird kind of thing stolen. back and forth with the GI Joe and then the Cobra thing. And it's okay. It works. Yeah. Okay. It works. Okay. Um, so, um, here, can I, let, let me, before I forget, I, let me, like, I, I did some day and date stuff. Cause that's kind of like, it's, it's the easy go-to, but I want to kind of give some establishment of when sure. this was released on video. So, uh, it was released on video April 20th, a uh, 420, uh, 1987. Um, <laughs> cause you're going to get high as uh, on those spores, you know, whatever. Um, so the number one film at the time was the Michael J. Fox film, uh, secret of my success. Number one song, uh, I Knew You Were Waiting For Me, Aretha Franklin and George Michael. I do not remember this whatsoever. However, okay, so here's the thing that's going to blow your mind, just in terms of uh, of just where we're at today in 2022. April 19th, the day before this was released on video, The Simpsons made their first appearance on The Tracy Ullman Show. Wow. It's funny. We that doesn't seem right, to- right? That doesn't seem right at all. That seems weird to me. Somehow, even though my wife is the same age as me, somehow that had eluded her. I I don't remember what we were talking about, but somehow the Simpsons being on the Tracy Ullman show came up. And she's like, the Simpsons were on the Tracy Ullman show? I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, how do you not know this? And they're like, weird looking. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're weird looking. Uh, they're, what, probably two minute shorts, That yeah. if, if that. Um, yeah, and then um, what was it? Uh, frosty chocolate milkshakes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all go out for some frosty cho- chocolate milkshakes. Yeah, yeah. Um, freaking uh, Homer. What's that? God damn it! Like my the 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 voice actor. Yeah, his voice. He didn't. He had found Castanella. Yeah. He hadn't quite found it yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the first two and a half seasons, I went. Well, I I want to say he finds the voice probably around season three, but I feel like the first 
two seasons, he's trying to figure out Homer, and a lot of it's like a Walter Matthau. Yeah, it's yeah, but just think about that though. I mean, The Simpsons are still on. I just, I mean, I know that's like it's one of those things where you hear about like um, what was it? Um, we're now further away from um, Back to the Future than Back to the Future was to the fifties. You know, yeah. it's it's just, so this film, like this this film, this animated movie came out. Like it was released the day before a thing that's still on TV that we think about that has, I don't know. It's just, it just, it gives me pause <laughs> for a second. I'm like, holy shit, this is where we're at now. Like whatever. Anyway. So, so yeah, like, so because this, there was, there wasn't a, um, um, confidence in this. So it was released direct to video. Um, but yeah, this thing is, um, I mean, considering it was kind of like in this weird, like development hell for a minute, you would think that they would have devoted more time to getting the script right, but they did not. Yeah. And I, okay. So I'm going to put this out here first. What is, what is, cause this is what I described as the jump the shark moment. What is your take on the whole I, I want to say bug people, but that's not right. The 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 snake people, I guess, that are oh, you mean the you mean the cobra, cobra people Law. that decide they're going to be like you know what was it, in cold environments, which they're cold blooded, so all they want to do is hibernate. But somehow they function as an underground society amongst all the ice. Those people is that what you're talking about? Um, yes. Yeah, I mean, I just okay, that's fine. Like if you want to give me like a little bit more world building of like, cause Cobra as an organization is, is, is cartoonish. And I'm and like, I, I, it's a cartoon. I know, but we, we watched that intro where it's like, Oh, they just want to go attack the statue of Liberty. And somehow we got all these laser rifles and somehow the statue of Liberty doesn't get hurt the entire time. It, it, it like watching this made me think of team America, how they go to protect everything and just annihilate everything around, you know, what they're trying to save. Like, they somehow saved the Statue of Liberty, but like there was like basically the equivalent of like a shield helicarrier that Duke just detonates that falls into <laughs> New York that we don't see what happens. I'm like, there's ramifications of this destruction, right? You know what I mean? It's a cartoon. I get it, but it's like, I'm asking serious questions about everything going on here, you know? Um, you know, um, so you see all that and you're like, hooray, they saved, they saved, uh, you know, a landmark. And then you get to this, it's like, you know, whatever. But then, so the idea that like Cobra being like this ridiculous, like all we want to do is take over the world. And it's like, yeah, that's very cartoony and very like, you know, that's, that's the bad guys. That's what they do to find out that, there was like a hidden agenda behind that to be like, we've made this ridiculous front. So that way we can keep pushing, pushing, pushing because the, once things kind of get to the point that the true, um, the true evil can come out. Like, I don't, I don't think that's a, you know, I don't like, it's almost like the captain America first Avenger thing where like Hydra was behind the Nazis until the Nazis kind of were like, well, you've served your purpose. We're, we're the big bad, I don't, I don't mind that. I think it's okay. I think it's kind of interesting. Okay. I just, for me, and again, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, I'm trying to separate out me as a 13 year old kid, probably watching this and me as an adult, but my memory of it was, uh, feeling like it was just a, a step too far. Um, and again, it's funny because you described it as being the serious one, and I thought that it was the one that just had taken a serious show, I guess. Uh, it was probably my outlook. Uh, although I don't think I ever thought of, of G.I. Joe as serious. But I, I, 
I, I felt like, oh, you know, they're they're introducing this other element that I don't like, you know, and I realize now that it's just as stupid as anything else that would have been in the show or, um, you know, I was telling you earlier about, you know, uh, the fact that they included Vlad the Impaler, you know, and there were ghosts in the castle like and Colonel Sanders. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Colonel Sanders. Um, <laughs> I just I. I it 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 didn't work for me, I guess, uh, and it, I don't think that it still does now because it 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 really makes even less sense now. Like it's it's <sighs> okay with Transformers. Let's go back to talking about this being pushed out a year and then releasing it, uh, you know, uh, on video uh, instead of theatrically because of Transformers. But if you look at Transformers. You can say, yes, there is clearly a desire to, like, get rid of the old toys so that we could sell new toys. Absolutely. But even even if people say, look, you know, oh, it traumatized me to see Optimus die. Optimus Prime dying, you know, puts stakes in the game, you know, for that movie. Um, But the introduction of Unicron and him, like, making his disciples, I don't think that's dissimilar to this. I mean, it's, it's better, it's better handled, but well, I don't, yeah. I'm just saying that like that puts stakes on the table. It feels like the, that movie's going somewhere. Um, that this movie does not. We'll no, put we, it that we way. need to see actual consequence for L- Lieutenant, um, sexual harassment. I'm sorry, Falcon for his actions. We needed to see him actually suffer and actually show like, cause uh, like, by the way, I like that. Like, like, um, like, so the, the beginning is like, you know, after the statue of Liberty, there's a whole thing where the Joes are like in the middle of nowhere. They're like, we got this, like, you know, this, this, this device that could just shoot energy all over the world. I'm like, yeah, you haven't asked really what the ramifications of this is. Also, if it's shooting energy all over the place, where is its energy coming from? I get it's a cartoon. Uh, you don't want to overthink it, but it's like, there's a lot of science questions I have there, but whatever. Anyway, and they're like, we like, I hope we hope we did well with the one billion dollars spent of taxpayer money. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Anyway, so like they're trying to like like we could if we could beam energy wherever we can solve all these problems, whatever. And then Cobra attacks and they try to take it, but then we cut to this bit of like where like what was it? They're back at GI Joe Baseland and it's like how are the new recruits? And they're like oh they're coming along. So GI Joe like this this campus is huge. It's the size of a city. We saw one thousand Joes near this big energy device and their class their new class that they're they're training is six people. <laughs> it's a very exclusive club ball <laughs> but it just feels like i don't know i think you lost i think you lost triple that defending the machine <laughs> at least right like <laughs> well nobody ever dies in gi joe i mean yeah fair enough unless you're watching community which that's one of the better episodes in season what is it season five where yeah, they did the gi five. joe episode I love them. They're like, let's just shoot them. Like what? (laughs) Um, No, but it's this whole thing of this. Like you're, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, wait, this is this big, large operation, right? Like hugely, like in terms of military spending, this is ridiculous, right? We get it. Like, okay, fine, fine. That's for the protection of the world. Let's not get into geopolitics, whatever. We just assume the Joes are always on the side of right, blah, 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 blah. 
And it's like six. And who are their six? You got, um, you got one guy that is an established military guy. That's a tunnel rat. And that's like, that's what he does. You got a guy that is an MP, a military police officer that is a good dude, but trusts his dog more than anybody else. Um, you have, um, you have one guy who's a private investigator. So he has no military background <laughs> and he never are you, talks. Are you besmirching chuckles? Yeah. He never speaks. Also, can, like I'm, I'm going to throw this out here right now. Um, I know we're, I'm all over the place. Um, nobody should ever be on top of a helicopter to, to try to drift start it. You know, like he grabs the prop, like he grabs the blades to like, we're going to make this thing go. And I'm like, you're dead. Like the, <laughs> anyway, so then we also have, uh, it was, we have Jinx who she's kind of an interesting character. Like she's a martial artist and we find out that she works better when she's like blindfolded because that's how she's taught, whatever. Um, and then, um, oh, oh yeah, no, no, no. There's the, there's the sports guy that talks in sports terms the entire time. And I felt bad for him because it's like you had a career <laughs> as an athlete and all you, your commentary as, 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 as if it's like John Madden is watching you, you know, it's like, I, it sounds like you need, you need to talk to somebody, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? It's just like, Oh, he goes in for this and this and this. I'm like, are you, are you part of the Truman show? Is this the sports edition? I felt bad for that guy. <laughs> and then there's uh, you know, was it uh Lieutenant Falcon who is a Lieutenant a lieutenant that's been brought into this program that is just a piece of shit and going after tail and bringing in uh, chicks into like maximum security prisons. There's a lot of problems here. There's a lot of problems. And then there's beachhead that his whole goal is if you, if I kill you, you're not good enough. How, yeah. How is that? How is that training? He gets mad. He gets mad. He gets mad when they're not like grievously wounded or dead. <laughs> Like, no wonder there's only six, right? It gets weird. It really gets weird. I don't understand it. I guess I hadn't thought about those aspects of it. I just, I just took it as that they were the six who were the best of the best, and they're the ones who made it this far. Yeah, but do you see how pissed off Beachhead gets every single time? There's a bit where what was it? Um, what was the name of the guy that's the MP? It was like, uh, was it Truth and uh, so, uh, no Law and Order? Law and Order. Yeah, Law and Order. Dun dun. Yeah. Uh, so, like, Law was the name of the dude, and Order was the name of the dog, right? And then he's like, "There's a live Bob in this village. Find it." And then the dog finds it and brings it to him. He's like, "Oh." I'm going to throw it. And then the dog brings it back. It's like, this is a live explosive. And then Law's like, uh, it's okay. I'm just going to throw it and we'll be okay. And it's like, no, no, there are serious questions that your dog is a bomb sniffing dog. And it wants to kill you. Like just what is going on? Like, it's just, I don't know. The beachhead is like, Oh, he found the bomb versus, Oh, he died. Like <laughs> beachhead's a psychopath. Well, I, I would, I would, I would hate to say it, but there's probably a lot of mental illness happening within GIJ. <laughs> I mean, considering that everybody has like their, their, their code name, but also that's their name. 
<laughs> you know, it's just like no one ever talks to anybody like with like their real name, you know, like I get like you get a designation, right? But it's like, my God, like, so like this is the movie is like really, really uneven. So you get like, you know, like, you know, these like, you know, what do they call them? Like not like not roughnecks or whatever, but like they're like the, the green people. And it's like you get that. And then, but you also get like, there's this whole thing of like Cobra Commander has been part of Cobra Law forever. And I like that he like guides his people there and you see like these weird, big, 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 like, you know, um, organic things, right. Which uh, we'll, we'll talk. Can, can we talk about the organic weapons that are being used by Cobra law where it's like, here is a weird squishy thing. Then we'll throw people that like blinds them. And then like, I don't know, like everything there is like, it's very, um, it's like th- their technology is not technology. It's just organic, which is kind of okay. But like some of it kind of falls apart. It's like, like, oh, how did you understand that this is how this works the entire time? I guess I'm going to make a bunch of crabs make a red carpet. Are they cool with that? Like, did you ever ask how they feel about stuff anyway? But whatever. Cobra Commander is like, oh, shit, we can't get to the BET, the big energy weapon. We're going to go here. And then he's like, like, he's like, I'm the man. And then was it a Pythona shows up and he's like, oh, shit, it's you. Like, he's like, oh God, he's like, I forgot you were here. Can we, can we please talk to the manager? Because <laughs> like, the whole thing is like, he knew he was up like shit Creek, but he's like, oh no, I was hoping to find one of like, what was it? Uh, Nemesis enforcer. Like yeah. he's, he's my dude. He doesn't talk. <clears throat> he just, he just like wreck shit. I like him. Not you Pythona because you hold me accountable for my lack of ability to win shit. It gets really weird. <laughs> That's what I, sorry. I just, I don't know your thoughts about like how this whole, the, the co the, the Cobra law, like leadership structure is odd. Um, I do like that. There's that parallel, uh, between the supposed, uh, trials of Cobra commander and Lieutenant Falcon. I thought that was a nice back and forth story wise. Um, but neither like Lieutenant Falcon was let off the hook because he's a half brother of you know um duke duke that's it oh nepotism that's how the military works thanks for letting us know he promised mom he'd look out for him but lieutenant falcon is a higher rank because name like whatever but i like that he brings like the chicky into like the like the, the the big compound and he's like oh oh it's fine nothing bad will happen and <laughs> It's like, like, I just, I don't know. It's like, you idiot. Have you ever, never heard of a honeypot? Like, so I was looking, I was looking into the trivia. Can I, can I tell you, where's it at here? Um, so Zariana was the one that was dressed up as the, the, the love interest that got into the compound to figure out where, um, Serpentor was being held. Okay. So I don't know if you looked into this at all or not, but this is going to make you laugh because this movie could have taken some really weird turns. So according to Kirk Bozingian, who was like, I'm saying his name wrong. He was part of the, um, he managed the boys toys division, which that should be, if we ever do a band, can we be called the boys toys division? Um, the boys (laughs) toys division of Hasbro from 82 to 94, there was originally intended to be a topless scene with Zarana when she removes her dress after she gets ejected from the headquarters by Duke. Uh, fearing a PG 13 rating, they altered the scene. So she's wearing a bathing suit. Why do you need a topless scene? Uh, like a nude scene in a GI Joe film. Why, why do you need that? 
<laughs> oh my god, I did not find that. I did not see that. Uh, uh, I did some research, but that oddly enough did not come up. Uh, I guess you need that because it's the eighties. Um, and they know who their market is. <laughs> like the know? 80s, like when, whenever Lieutenant Falcon comes up and smacks Jinx on the ass. <laughs> it's like, that's supposed to be like the will they, they won't they, but it's like, that's horrible. Horrible. Like Christ in heaven. Like, I'm like, this is a cartoon. This is what's happening. <laughs> and yet I'm laughing hysterically. Um, and nodding in approval. I'm kidding. <laughs> Hey, sweet cheeks, get me a coffee. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Good enough. You know, like, don't need a blindfold to make me a sandwich. Like, what? No, like, just Jesus Christ. Like, because you're supposed to get, like, they're, like, they're kind of together, but kind of not. But it's like, dear Lord, it was just, it was terrible. Lieutenant Falcon is the shittiest goddamn character. Because he, like, he, like, even at the end when he finally, like, does the right thing, it's like, you shouldn't be congratulated for doing your job. You know, like, just, like, oh, I didn't well, screw again, up this time. Congratulations. That's why we brought you to the six man elite group. You know, like even the dog guy gets it, you know, like chuckles, chuckles wants to hang out on top of the helicopter. He has his own issues, but he's here like, you know, whatever. Like at least he hasn't like, you know, compromised the entire operation like you Falcon. Well, again, if we, if we compare it to transformers, the movie hot rod, you know, he he's unfortunately the cause of, you know, even though it's Megatron who shoots Optimus Prime, he wouldn't have gotten shot if had, you know, Hot Rod not intervened uh, here, you know, and let's just talk about this here because this is probably the best point to, part to talk about it uh, with my next analogy. You know, Duke is supposed to die in this movie. That was the original plan was that Duke was going to die. Um, and then after, you know, kids came out of the theater, uh, asking to see a psychiatrist <laughs> after watching Optimus Prime die, uh, they were like, Hey, we, we need to change this. Um, and okay. So it is, it is very much apparent that like where Duke gets hit for one, we'll just say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dead within 30 seconds. Maybe. I don't know. You get, get you get stabbed in the heart with the snake staff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess that that's not something that puts you into a coma. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but I don't think that puts you into a coma. Um, and I, I do think it's interesting to see that they just, you know, they, they didn't even really do anything in the sense of, changing it other than like we'll just use the same scene we'll just rewrite over it you know um because duke's pretty clearly dead when <laughs> when we leave him and uh you know there's an uh I, I was gonna say off camera but what's the word i'm looking for here a uh um a background voice saying that like hey, duke just we just heard duke is back alive or you know whatever or is out of his coma yeah, it's like he came out of the coma he'll be okay and everyone's like Hooray! Or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, Falcon never really pays for any of the mistakes he makes. Uh, there's no consequence to, to you know, because Duke ends up being fine anyway. And, you know, whereas Hot Rod, you know, grows as a character. And, you know, again, I realize this, it's a MacGuffin, but also uh, 
it turns him into Rodimus Prime when he opens up uh, the uh, Matrix of uh, Leadership. The Matrix of Power, yeah. yeah. Um, but there's at least an arc there with his growth. Here, well, because Falcon even earlier, like, was, was it earlier after Optimus passes away, right? And then the Matrix of Leadership, or whatever it is, is like passed along. Oh, uh, what's the name of our Robert Stack's character? Like, he's the one. Ultra that, Magnus. Yeah, and he's like, I can't handle this. You know, like, yeah. at least there's some, some discussion of like, you that somebody needs to handle this right and with like falcon no he's just an asshole the entire time and then even <laughs> even when like and i'm cutting you off i apologize he could sit like after his court marshalling where it's like oh well not treason because you didn't you know what you took the podium from the capital but you didn't mean it whatever anyway um they sent him to the slaughterhouse <laughs> with sergeant slaughter and like i don't know um, like all, like it's all the, uh, misfit toys of the GI Joes. Um, and I just, I, that's great too, where he's just like, you're here now get, get walking. Cause I'm Sergeant Slaughter, blah, 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 whatever. Like, and then like, and then all four of them are like, we're going to get on our own, um, play set toys and leave you whatever. It's like, like the movie is like, if, if, if okay, let me take a step back. If we didn't already have like the imminent threat of like uh, global annihilation by these weird alien spores, I'm okay with him putting his time in at like the like the 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 um the dark like the GI Joe dark portion, right? Where it's like we're go- we're gonna like chew you up and spit you out. You're gonna learn what it means to actually be in this role. But it's like he's there for three seconds. He shows up late to dinner, and then they're all wrestling. And it's like, oh, we got to go to the terror terror dome to do this. And he was like, what if we don't deal with weapons? And Sergeant Slaughter's like, good idea. And then that's it. That's it. That's all it is, right? Like he shows up. It's like also, if you've not had any type of sustenance for the time you've had marching around, your your blood sugar is probably low, Falcon. You should probably get that checked out. But it's like you understand. Like the time frame is like. Guess I showed up and now we're going to wrestle a little bit, but we're also going to go, we're going to go into like, um, we're going to infiltrate like the, like, you know, Nazi Germany. And they're like, I know a back way through event. It'll be fine. It's like, wait, what? (laughs) Also let's not do it with weapons. I'm like, all right, well, you're all dead. (laughs) Like none of it makes any sense. It makes no sense. You know, like, and then, and then when Falcon's stuck and Sergeant Slaughter's like, Hey, every, like the three of us are out there like, Oh, where's Falcon? They're all like, screw him. That's the right call. Like, you know, like he's not proven yet to be like a good dude. Cause you know, he let Serpentor leave and he, um, caused Duke to go into a coma, you know, whatever. Anyway, like it's so weird. <laughs> Like the, the whole thing is so topsy turvy. It's just, I was laughing and I was cracking up the entire time. I know it's a kid's cartoon, but it's also, you know, you know who makes kid cars, kids cartoons, adults, <laughs> you know, like, like, I just want to be like, did you guys think twice about this or no? Or you're like, you know what? These kids, they don't even know any better. We'll just sell toys. It's fine. Terror domes, terror domes blown up, whatever. We'll just give them weird, large stick, bud stick bug bridges. Later, we'll sell them that. Okay, well you, you're you're right about the the stick bug bridges, which is weird. Like I, I still don't understand what the thinking was behind that. But. I like Sergeant Slaughter was like no, and just punched one in the head with the, like the butt of a gun. It was like keep on going, it's fine. Whatever. Anyway, 
Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about with Sergeant Slaughter. I know, uh, you know, we came out of a pretty wrestling-heavy episode last week, but uh, what did you think of Sergeant Slaughter as a kid? Now, I'm just going to give you my impressions. There are two honorary Joes, I guess, even though I guess they're official Joes, that I always think of. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter being one of them, the other one being the fridge. I remember thinking that the fridge being made into a G.I. Joe was cool. Uh, I remember thinking Sergeant Slaughter not so much. And I don't know what it is about Sergeant Slaughter. And maybe it's just because, you know, uh, wrestling at the time had guys like Hogan, who was oiled up and, like, ripped to the nines. Uh Sergeant Slaughter always looked like the guy who was just like somebody's dad. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, no, you're, you're not wrong. Like I never, <laughs> yeah, he was that guy. Like, it's just like, but you know, drill Sergeant, whatever, you know, like, and yeah, it's just, and then I, uh, the big thing I remember about him was like later when he did like the big heel turn towards like being like, uh, what was it? Um, like a supporter of like, the Rocky sympathizer. Yeah, and it's like, is that what we're doing with this? What I don't know. This, but yeah, like him being actually aligned with the Joes, it's like, oh, it's Sergeant Slaughter. That's a great name, right? Like it's, it it fits with the whole thing. And then with him being like the hard ass, it fits too. Like I didn't mind like the idea of something called the Slaughterhouse, which I love when we see it. It's just like. It's just a bunch of shit put together randomly. <laughs> and then and then their and then their breakfast is Flintstone style ribs. Yeah. <laughs> and then did you notice the, the plates that were left around? Like, you have one thousand plates here. What did you do? You've not been doing dishes for quite a while, Mr. Slaughter. How much weed did you guys smoke this morning? Good God. <laughs> but I love it. It was just like, well, I guess we've got a mission. It's like, it's extra training, no weapons. <laughs> like, just, but also, can I talk about how, like, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. It takes three seconds to get there. Like, did you like, how, like every time <laughs> anything happened? Like, this is faster than Game of Thrones time in the, like, the second half of the series where it's just like, <laughs> oh, where are they at? We're all here now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they certainly don't uh, spend much time uh, uh, traveling to these places that they're going. No, That's they're fast they're traveling. They, they have their save points and whatever. It's fine. But yeah, no, it's just, um, yeah, the slaughter. It's like, that feels like that. That feels like kind of like, um, like to, to draw the parallel to, um, Transformers, like when they get like crash landed and they find the, the was it the, the, the Junkatrons, whatever it was, the Eric Idle and company. Yeah. Like, uh, was, was it Junkatrons or a rec, rec, Junkions. Junkions, right? That feels like, oh, there's this other element here, right? And then also with new recruits, I can also point out how the new recruits, like, they hotwire a helicopter and within three seconds they're on the ground again. Can I just mention that? Like, like, like chuckles drift starts the whole thing. And then like, I, I like how, can I also say that like the bad guys, all of Cobra, la, 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 every one of their guns is just a matter of like, they, they do every eighties goopy sound effect that just, I don't know about it. just annoyed me where you hear that, like whatever it was, it was annoying. It's like, can you guys make this a little bit more serious than like the goop effect? Whatever. Anyway, I liked how anything that was mechanical got gooped up by like a white squid like thing. And with, like, and with, with the seconds, the helicopter was crashing. And then with the new recruits, they went through a building. And it's like, they're all dead. They're all, everybody, they're dead too. 
<laughs> None of them are? Okay, great. Let's just move on. <laughs> it's just, it's so ridiculous. It's like, I, I mean, it's a kid's cartoon. I get it. And it's like, none of them are using any type of like, I mean, aside from the fact that it was at one point early in the training where Chuckles grabs a missile and just chucks it at a tank. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, like, it's everything's lasers and whatever. And it's like, I, like, I get it. Like, you got to have, like, I mean, I, I'm not saying that you need to show like, um, it's, it, that's, that's a confusing thing, right? Growing up, like I didn't think about it that way where it's like, Oh, it's violence. And like, nobody dies. It's like, I didn't be like, you know what? That's probably how gunplay actually works. I never thought about that as a kid. Right. I grew up playing video games. Like I knew that there was like real guns and fake guns and cartoons were fake guns. I knew that. I don't know. This seems pretty obvious to me, but with all the GI Joe stuff, it's like, there is a lot of carnage going on, but nobody dies. All right, here we go. Um, yeah, it just, it gets weird. Um, but, but also like the amount of like bugs that show up in the second half is like, I, the, I remember a lot of that too, because it is, it's nightmare fuel. Right. And I want to be in that Raiders room where it's like, Hey, what if more bugs happened? <laughs> <laughs> What, yeah. What if we, what if we, um, what if we blinded uh roadblock and even while he's still blinded, he's cutting rhymes and spitting, you know, spitting rhymes and being like, Gary Cobra commander, who's just turning <laughs> into a snake the entire time. And Cobra commander who is like, you know, like talking about losing his humanity is still shitting on roadblock the entire time. How about we do that? <laughs> I think that may have been the thing that was, uh, probably the straw that broke the camel's back when I was a kid was turning Cobra Commander into a snake. I just remember thinking that was, it was dumb and it, it really, it serves no purpose. Uh, and I never understood why Cobra Commander was suddenly the snake person who had multiple eyes when, uh, in blue skin, mind you, uh, when, uh, you know, he's wearing his hood in the series. He's always clearly got Caucasian skin underneath the mask and, uh, you know, eyes, human, regular human eyes. So I don't know. I, I never bought into that part of it. So I guess both the, the 13 year old Steve and the 47 year old Steve <laughs> feel the same way. Can, can, uh, like, like at your 50th, can you blow out the candles and be like, Cobra Commander was like a piece of shit. You're like, we just blow out the candles. And like, you just want to let everybody know, like him being a snake was garbage. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I I, like to me, I, that was really creepy to me as a kid. Like, Oh really? Okay. Yeah. That's one of the things, like the whole sports thing really stuck with me. And it was like, but I think I've talked about this before on the show that like body horror is like one of those things that really get me. And Mm -hmm. as much as this thing is, it's stupid as all get out. There, there is time that's being taken with him. You know, it isn't like he immediately becomes a snake. You know, <laughs> I like how though at the point where like he just completely becomes a snake, he just like goes off. Like, well, <laughs> he just goes manager. Yeah, it's just like, oh, all right, out. <laughs> was a man. Was a man. Was a man. I guess I'm gonna go die in the cold. <laughs> But you know, but he shows up to fight one of the serpenters like snakes, right? And like that's what he does. Dude. But okay, so I also found out. So I was reading that later on in the series when they they bring it forward a little bit, 
uh, Cobra Commander is originally kept as a snake, and Serpentor keeps him as a pet. It's kind of that's a big fu. That's yeah, kind of, that's kind of interesting, right? Uh, but also, I want to mention, I also found out that later in the animated series, Lieutenant Falcon continues his role as a team screw-up. No surprise. He becomes addicted to drugs, peddled by one of the G.I. Joe's enemy, enemies, the Headman, and has to go through rehab. <laughs> Is this in the comics? It's in, I don't know, but I just saw it's on the internet. I think it's amazing that Falcon's like, oh, I got messed up by the drugs. <laughs> Yeah, I well I did not know that. I I I don't remember I don't I don't think that there's another season after the movie. I could be wrong on that, but I so that story must have come from the comics. Um I guess that that makes sense cuz the comics went in, in different uh, directions than the uh the show. Um uh, boy, I I guess, you know, we're probably getting close to wrapping it up here. So I'm trying to think if I have any final thoughts on G.I. Joe, the movie. Um, I, I guess, you know, looking at it now, uh, it, it it does feel, I guess, neutered in some senses compared to Transformers, the movie, Transformers, the movie. I think it also um, it, it feels like it doesn't know what it's what what kind of movie it wants to be, uh, which I guess, you know, G.I. Joe has always been a, a, a mishmash of, of different, uh, you know, properties or, uh, well, military services, obviously, but also, you know, I, I've, I've talked about how He-Man Masters of the Universe was sort of this kitchen sink property where they were like, hey, let's throw in castles and barbarians and lasers and, you know, uh, robots and whatever. Whereas, you know, uh, G.I. Joe, now that I think about it, was kind of similar in that aspect where you there wasn't really a division between, like, you know, Navy, Army, Marines, Air Force, that kind of thing. Like, everybody Space was Force. a Joe. I know, it's Space Force. Okay. Space Force, yes. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I guess I hadn't thought about it in those terms. But when you, you still, you, you break it down, like, there doesn't feel like anybody really has an arc or I mean, I guess maybe Cobra commander has the, the biggest arc. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. You know? Um, so I don't know. I, this is one again that I, I, I guess nostalgia egged me on to want to revisit it and revisiting it. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's not great. And that's kind of how I remember it. I had more fun watching rise Serpentor rise, uh, which was the five episodes that kicked off the second season. Um, and it's goofy and dumb as all hell as well. I don't mean to make it sound like it's somehow far superior, but I just had a better time with that. Well, that's okay. So what, I, what, what I'm saying, like visiting this, I wasn't expecting like, you know, like just, oh my gosh, this is a cinematic classic. I was expecting like a little bit more cohesion, <laughs> you know, but it's like, it goes from threat of the world to, I got to get these new recruits and like in shape. And it's like, all right, well, okay, great. But it's like, I don't know. It's just the, the way it kind of veers back and forth wildly in terms of tone and like every whatever. It's just, it, it, it feels like, you know, like with this being, if we got broken to like five episodes in the syndication series, that's, that's fine. But as a complete, like, film like transformers of the movie is a lot more coherent together, even though and it has its asides. I get it, but it feels like a more complete work 
Um, this is flawed. I'm not saying I didn't have fun with it. I don't know if the fun I had with it is, um, like, you know what they wanted me to have fun with it. Like I said, chuckles, like grabbing the top of the helicopter, like, like hiding, riding the top of it when he's like three, like three inches away from like the actual prop of the helicopter. It's like, you're dead. You're, you're all dead. Like it's what's going to happen. Like that's problematic. And then Duke going into a coma, but not really like that. Like it's so, it's so poochy. It's all poochy related. Like it just feels like this thing is a mess. It's a lot of fun, but it's a mess. Um, Lieutenant Falcon's a garbage character. And then doing the stunt casting of like Don Johnson, I'm saying, I'm not saying he did a bad job, but he also wasn't given much to do other than be a dick. You know what? It's just oh, like there could have been, there, there could have been a lot of fun here and I didn't mind the Cobra law stuff, but I like looking at the trivia where that was a placeholder for the name of the secret society. And everyone's like, no, that's a cool name. I'm like, is it, is it a cool name? <laughs> you know? Well, it was made by uh, the toy company. So, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, 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 I want to say that that's an executive call. Um, and it was <laughs> probably the wrong one. It'd be like, so. it'd be like, Nazi, <laughs> like what, what? Like, you know, like, <laughs> it's, but I also love, I love how some was always like, I commanded. It. It's like, you're just a dude walking around in a snake outfit. Who are you? Like, <laughs> like he's just so like, oh, I commanded. It. It's like, calm down, calm down, sir. Like how, how do you, how do you take a shit in that outfit? Can we talk about that? Like, you're compromised wearing a snake outfit. We nobody can take you seriously, you know. Like, <laughs> I think you could probably say that about a lot of the Joes, though. Like, you know, the ones who aren't just wearing, you know, camouflage pants. There's a lot of it's a lot of costumes. I, I did uh, like at the beginning whenever uh, Cobra Commander was trying to defend his like position, and then everybody sold him out. And like Duster was like, "Yeah, he's a piece of shit." <laughs> I liked yeah. how everybody was like. Oh, no, 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 no. We back you, Serpentor. We don't understand how you shit, but we back you. Like, I loved, I loved him. I loved, uh, like, Cobra Commander being like, wait, what? <laughs> I thought that was a lot of fun. No, there, there's fun to be had in this movie. Like, intentional fun. Um, you know, whatever. It's just, I, I, if people look back on this fondly, my argument to you would be like, have you watched it recently? I mean, it's fun for what it is, but it's not. It's not a classic. It's not like, you know, as much as like Transformers, the film is a flawed movie as well. I think it has a lot more going for it than this does, you know? And I mean, releasing this to video is probably the right call at the time. And I'm glad that you brought it up though, because I hadn't seen this in forever and it was a lot of fun. Um, there's a lot of questionable things that go on. I'm like, Oh, that's what's going on. Like, can I just tell you that, uh, the tactical decision from the jump would be like, Oh, these assholes want to like they want to they want to capture this one device that can put energy all over the world. How about we blow that up? <laughs> well, Cobra, I don't think they have much of a plan after that, other than uh, let's uh, blow shit up. Well, no, but I, I'm saying like from that... the Joe's perspective, it's like we have we have the blueprints. We can make this again. It will spend a, a billion dollars, whatever, right? But we can make this again. But how about we draw them out and just end this? You know, it's like, I feel like from a tactical perspective, it's like, I can't let this fall to enemy hands. Let's break it. I don't know. Like maybe, maybe I'm being reasonable in regards to my Joe's versus Cobra combat. 
that's fair. It's a lot of money, though, Paul. It's a lot of money. You're right. I mean, we we have just you and I both have billions, right? At our, our like that podcast money, right? So yeah. <laughs> no, but thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing no, this. I, this was a lot of fun. We needed we needed something just dumb as hell to talk about after the dark ride that was Batman and the real life dark ride that was the play ride from hell. We needed, we needed a minute, right? Thank you for bringing this to talk about on the show. Cause, um, I, I don't know. Like I didn't, I didn't need more, like things are bad right now. in like reality, which feels like that's a recurring theme. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We needed some escapism. And as much as there, there's that weird, like eighties Reaganism of like, we're fighting terrorists and we're on the right side. It's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that implies that like we can't do any wrong. Okay, fine. At least, at least there's not bug monsters out there. Like for now, maybe later. <laughs> You've just jinxed us, but all right. Yeah. So any other things you want to talk about before we uh, wrap it up? No, no, I, it's just, uh, you know, it's, Unfortunate, uh, it, had we talked about this during our year of animation, you know, I feel like, okay, so Wizards is still my, my low point, um, what? during that, <laughs> from that year, but I don't know that this is that far behind. I mean, it, it's, it, I, I was going to say it, it's worth it. You know, if, if you're our age, it might be worth it only for the nostalgic nostalgic value which wore off pretty quickly for me um so i don't want to say that but you know it's not terrible it's just it's it's not very good that's that's the the sad part about it is that i i think that uh transformers of the movie had a lot more going for it so here's my question to you so it's better than wizards right how's how where, where in your mind is this versus the last unicorn Oh man, that was a tough one too. <laughs> I guess no can it was it was Kansas, right? The band? I or, think so. I can't remember. Yeah. yeah. Uh I guess the fact that G.I. Joe doesn't have a score uh by a country band uh Country? No, Kansas isn't a country <laughs> band. All right, well, not country. Uh like light FM light, light, light prog rock. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, maybe I guess that doesn't hurt it. Um, the last unicorn is an interesting story. It's just everything that's around it is just sort of you know, <laughs> the last uh, serpentor. Whatever, <laughs> so I guess I'm going to put this in uh, just a slightly ahead. <laughs> Cobra, that. Cobra, do what you will. I don't know. Like, <laughs> We didn't even get to the bit where the was the Baroness figured out something and just ran for the fence. Like, do you remember that? Where it's like she got into like the Joe's base and then she just ran away and just over a fence. It's like, oh, she figured out where the Joe's where they're keeping the BET. It's like, <laughs> wait, what? Like the Joe's are terrible at defending their perimeter. I just whatever. Anyway, um, I, I would say this I would say the last unicorn's slightly better because it's a um it's a complete story, you know, and I'm not a fan of it, but at least it gives, it gives you like a to B and I'm not saying this doesn't either, but it's like, it's like for what, for the last, the last unicorn is consistent in what it is. This film is not consistent at all. 
like so whatever anyway um it's no secret in them we could at least agree on that so oh yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. so so <laughs> i i want to be like what was a better film reflective of war persopolis or gi joe the movie i don't know like what like, <laughs> I'm a bad person. So, all right. So, um, yeah. Um, th- yeah, that's going to here. Can I give one other, one other piece of trivia I found on um, IMDb that makes me mad? Cause I, it just pisses me off of how easy it is to add trivia. So here's the last piece of trivia here. Um, <clears throat> the, it, I, I'm not going to say the name of this podcast because they added this or somebody did. It's a blank, blank podcast review. GI Joe, the movie, the film receives three not recommends. Go F yourself. That's not trivia. I don't care who you are. That's not trivia. That's a statement. That'd be like you and I adding like so-and-so of invasion of the podcast gives it one and a half thumbs up. That's not trivia for the movie. Screw you. I don't like that. That makes me mad. <laughs> Paul Stedman of invasion of the podcast gives you four farts. Yeah, no, four comas. No, like what I'm saying is like, I don't care how big your show is. That's not trivia. <laughs> no, no, I, it's not trivia. I'm, absolutely. It's not trivia. Um, but as we've, was this on IMDb? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as we've discussed previously, IMDb for all of the wealth of information it has, uh, it is also uh, hot garbage for trivia <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> The hot garbage podcast says three not recommends. I, I, I don't know this podcast. I'm going to guess it's just three dudes. Um, which it's three recommends and four farts. Four farts. It is. It, it, it's 87 sexual harassments. I don't know. Anyway, that's going to do it for our discussion about G.I. Joe, the movie. I, I, you guys could go on IDB and find that podcast. Maybe, maybe, maybe they're better than us. Who knows? Um, that implies that like we're the pinnacle. I get, I just, I get it. I, I, I absolutely get it. But it's like, come on, how much up your own ass are you? Be like, somebody got some of this IMDb, whatever. It's just like, calm down. Like just there, there's 8 million podcasts out there and people listening to us. We appreciate that. Absolutely. Right. But it's like, just, uh, you know, cool your jets, calm down anyway. So. Uh, you guys can find us on Invasion of the Podcast. It's on Facebook. Um, you can you can email us directly um, at invadingpodcastgmail.com. We have a blog um, that, um, you know, it's it's a little dusty, but there's plenty there to go check out. And I keep talking about watching RoboCop 3. Um, I will, like, here's my promise uh, in 2022. I will watch RoboCop 3 for a delayed year of the sequel discussion. I will watch it and I will, I will talk about it. Um, I just can't commit to the next couple of weeks because I know it's going to be busy. But I promise I will watch RoboCop 3 and we'll, I will write about it. Go there. Check out things that have been written. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. And Steve, how can people find you? I just want to point out, I brought up Night of the Creeps earlier in the episode. Uh, Night of the Creeps is uh, done by uh, Fred Decker, who also directed RoboCop 3. So there you go. There's some symmetry there for you. Uh, go run with that now and write your article. <laughs> watch. watch. Uh, I will not remember that when I write it. I'll be like, I've never, whatever. <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram and Facebook under the Saturday Night Slasher. You can visit our website, uh, the Saturday Night Slasher.com. Uh, and then lastly, our uh, Etsy store is continuously on uh, vacation because uh, 
we're on a permanent vacation, I guess, right now. Uh, no, uh, we, we'll, we'll be opening it up again sometime in the future here. Um, right now, just uh, focusing on trying to get my damn house unpacked. So, uh, yeah, uh, there you go. I, and I, I know that probably people listening to this are like, how much shit does he have? I have a lot of crap. So, <laughs> I um, like I like you didn't say the word shit after that. You're like, how much yeah. shit do you have? Well, it's a crap. <laughs> you, you, did, you did the George Carlin, right? Versus shit versus crap. Um, um, I'm going to put you on the spot. You're your co-creator of the site slasher. Um, oh, God. Yeah. I can't believe I forgot this. Yeah. But yes, go on. No, no. Like you go on because Ryan has done a great thing. So please mention that for everybody. Yeah. So um, there's currently a Kickstarter for uh, uh, this company, uh, Printed in Blood. Uh, they're doing a Bernie Wrights and Tribute book. Um, and printed in blood, they've done other things. I'm sorry. It may be actually monster forge. My apologies. Long story short, they've been behind, uh, um, other, um, really cool art books dedicated to film. I have one that's, uh, just all on ghostbusters that they did. Um, uh, it's, it's printed cool in blood.com. Sorry. And, and monster forge. So there you go. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the short of it is, is that uh, Ryan uh, did a piece, a tribute piece to, because uh, uh, it's not really in his style, but it's it's uh, an inspired piece that Ryan did uh, by the artist uh, uh, Barney Wrightson. Um, it's not a recreation; it's totally Ryan's thing. Um, but uh, he used a a little bit more of a uh, um, gunslinger flavor than uh, going straight out horror, which is what a lot of the book is. So, uh, congratulations to Ryan. He's going to be in that book. The Kickstarter Kickstarter is live. Now I am a backer of, uh, said Kickstarter. Uh, I think it's only like a weekend. So there's probably at least three weeks left. Um, but he's going to have his artwork featured in that book, uh, which is amazing. Bernie Wrightson is a, a artist who, uh, both of us, I think, uh, bow down to, uh, one of the best artists ever, do comics and uh you know one of the if not the most iconic version of frankenstein is is the creator of uh he he's the creator of one of the most iconic versions if not the most iconic version of frankenstein yeah and i see that uh tony harris is actually doing artwork as well on this and uh mike magnolia so yeah like um not that i'm trying to take shade away from ryan but it looks like there's a lot of other people involved in this and good on him getting in here. Cause that's, you know, that that's um, some good company to be a part of. Right. So that's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I was uh, both proud of him and uh, excited to see him get this honor. So I was, I was waiting for you to be like extremely jealous and I'm angry at him. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> uh, that's two beers away. <laughs> All right, so yeah, go check that out. Um, again, like support Steve, support Ryan and their endeavors. And also, I'm going to throw a shout out here. Um, there, I, I was listening to a podcast that just recently launched called The Theater of War uh, that my friend uh, Trevor has done. He is um, he has military background, and his goal with that show is to uh, examine like he goes and watches war films, and he talks about like the context of what happened versus the film itself. The first episode's available on Podbean. He goes and talks about the film Midway. Um, you know, it's the first episode. Like, go support him. And credit to him. 
Like Steve, I know you and I go forever talking together. He went an hour plus by himself, which I can never be capable of doing. So credit to him, like talking and carrying us through the discussion of history and then also the film. Um, you know, it, it, it's first episode, like what, like braver than me. So people should check that out. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because I think if you, uh, edited out all of my just, uh, ums and pauses, you could probably get a solid hour there. Well, so, but, yeah, fair uh, enough. But no, I, I, I need, <laughs> maybe, I need, I need my Steve in my life. So whatever. Anyway, go check out theater of war to, yeah. to come on the show and talk about commando <laughs> uh, versus the actual true story of commando. That's what yes. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be great. So uh, go check that out. And then also I'm going to throw a shout out. I'm going to put this on the Facebook page when it happens. This weekend coming forward, uh, coming forward, what's that even mean? I mean, facing people? That's gross. Um, I'm saying. Coming right at you. Right at you. Close your eyes. Um, So I'm going to be on um, the Skewed Universe podcast this weekend. It's going to be a number of us, including the Goro, the El Goro of the talk without rhythm podcast. We're talking about some wrestling stuff. I'm sure when that episode is complete and posted, I will share that as well. Could not wait to talk to my friend, Jeff. It's going to be a panel discussion about wrestling. Um, yeah, it's going to, I'm sure it's funny because like, he's like, Oh, I have this amount of time set aside. I'm like, you have no idea what you're asking for. Right. Like, <laughs> cause, cause I was like, I was like, cause, cause, uh, you know, uh, the Mr. The Goro was like, Oh, you know, Paul and I could talk for a while. I'm like, yeah, until the heat death of the universe. So we'll see how that goes. Right. So that, that's what we're doing. It'll be a lot of fun. But before we talk about what we're doing next, um, I have yet another game to get to. Um, and I got to find the. Here we go. Here's the right button. Time to play the game. Play the game. <laughs> here I am just uh, messing up buttons, but here, here's another one. It wasn't especially large, but it felt hard, extremely hard. Like an American. Whatever. I don't know what that means. All right. So <laughs> I, I'm going to do a game of hard rough. like a falcon, hard like a falcon, <laughs> hard like a slaughter. Right, whatever. Anyway, so, all right, um, I'm going to do a game of real or fake because that's all I do anymore because I'm a hack and a fraud. I have a number of um, real GI Joes, meaning what's listed and Cobra people. Um, uh, so I'm going to I'm going to give you the option: Do I do like one and two, and you tell me real or fake, or I just roll through the names and you tell me real or fake? It's going to it's. I have forty of them. So like oh 40, well, 40, cause it's like 20 either or, or 40 just in general. So you tell me, do you want the name and tell me it's real or fake? Or do you want to like one in like verses? Let's, let's do a verses. Oh, come on. Okay, fine. You, you, fair, <laughs> fair enough. All right. <clears throat> Burninator or charboil? Burninator's fake. Okay, fine. You're right. That's also something from strong bad. Uh, it's a Trogdor reference. I hope people need to go find that. Uh, double play or Grand Slam? Grand Slam's real. It is real. I, why, I don't like that you know that. All right. So we My got, favorite uh, G.I. Joe is also one of the best Denny's breakfast you're going <laughs> to I was going to do Lumberjack Slam, but I figured you'd s- suss that out. All right. Uh, baseline, like baseline or rock and roll. I feel like rock and roll is real. It is real. All right. All right. Um, all right, let's go into some Cobra stuff here. Sea Slug or Man of War? 
Man of War is real. Nope. Sea slug. Wow. <laughs> All right, here we go. Next one. Trench mouth or cesspool? Trench mouth is real. That's nah, fake. All right. Uh, cesspool is real. Okay. Wow. You don't know your cobras. All right. That's fine. I don't. All right. All right, let's get back to some Joe stuff here. Uh, a Robo Joe or GI Joe bot? Robo Joe is real. Yep, still a dumb name. All right, uh, Megabyte or hard drive? Hard drive. I don't think they knew what Megabyte was back in the day. All right, you're right. Um, switchboard or dial tone? Uh, dial tone's real. Yeah, he was in the cast list. I'm like, son of a bitch. When I looked at it, I'm like, oh, no. Like, all right, so. <laughs> all right, let's get back to some Cobras, Cobra people here. Um, um, <laughs> oh, can I, can I pause it? Yes, please. Real, okay, pause yes. it. Uh, this was something that came up, I think, in the, I don't remember if it's, I don't think it's in the movie. I think it was in the episodes that I watched. But, like, uh, the medic on the team Uh there's a scene where like people are giving him shit for being a GI Joe. who's a pacifist. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, this could oh. be any more eighties. I, I don't know. No, what was it? What this... was it? The, um, the one book, uh, farewell to arms where the main character was a pacifist that went over. Like he was a conscious objector just to go help people. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Did what was it? What was the, the Eastwood movie uh, recently that had Andrew Garfield? Uh, playing the character that was a um, conscious objector, right? Um, do you know what I'm talking about? It's a couple years ago where uh, Spider-Man three, Spider-Man three. That's what it was. No, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, here, uh, what, what was his, uh, like there it's like, wait, what a uh, hacksaw Ridge. <laughs> that was like, he, he was like, I, I'm not going to fight, but I'll be a medic. Like, it's like, how do you shit on people that's what a care for people? That feels that feels messed up, right? Yeah, so, I've yeah. not seen Hexa Ridge, and I'll be honest, I did not know that that was the premise. So yeah, well, I mean, Eastwood's made a ton of movies. You should go. You should watch Unforgiven. All right, so all right, um, you you good to go further now here? So, yeah, my apologies. No, no, I, you don't have to apologize. Jesus Christ! I'm sorry, all listeners right. and Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Footloose or Moonwalk. Footloose is real. Yeah, it's real. I, I just feel like I wanted to. I wanted to have like a space based Joe called Moonwalk because it was the eighties. I don't know. <laughs> it felt better to me. All right, uh, Skid Mark or Road Rash? <laughs> Road Rash is real. Nope, Skid Mark. Right. What? <laughs> yep. All right. Let's go back to some uh, Cobra people here. Um, fracture or burnout? Burnout's real. That's real. All right. Um, road pig or streetwalker? <laughs> I'm gonna say road pig's real. Oh god damn it! <laughs> I, I don't know. I just I I know I I make myself like tickled when I wrote some of the stuff. So anyway, so um, all right, uh, let's go back to some Joes here. Um, let's see who we have left. Not much. Uh, Backblast or cockpit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i've clearly had too much to drink this evening um 
Ah, man. Cockpit's real. I'm going to say that that's real. Well, you're wrong. It's Backblast. All right. Backblast just sounds even worse. (laughs) So let me tell you a quick story when I was in college. So we had a... we had a shared bathroom right upstairs in the one house we were in that um, I, we had a radio that was plugged into like one of the outlets that like when you turn the light onto the bathroom, the radio would turn on. Uh-huh. And, and um, there was one point where one of one of our roommates would like put in like like the middle of the night and like the radio came on and was just like just just blaring right and so my one friend that lived across the hall from the bathroom was like woke up and he like the next morning he was like oh oh Jim in there like just just blaring Johnny Good Blast or whatever <laughs> so. So for whatever reason, the name Johnny Goodblast happened in the house forever. It was like we kept calling Jim Johnny Goodblast, and I was like, "That's a great." Because I think I think my one friend was trying to say Johnny be good and blasting Johnny be good, and he called him Johnny Goodblast. It's like I will never forget that. <laughs> so yeah, backblast. That's not a great name. Like, <laughs> all right. Um, okay. okay. Skullbuster or Jawbreaker? This is some Cobra people. Uh, Jawbreaker's real. Skullbuster's bre- skull real. All right. So Shut the front door. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, Grim Skull or Doomfist? Well, Doomfist is a, is a, a, a character in um, that game that you play. Is it? Overwatch. Okay. So is it is that Grim Skull or Doomfist, the real one? Uh, groom skull. Okay, you're right. Okay, fine. Thank you. Thank you for paying attention to my life. Okay. Um, I care, Paul. <laughs> Roddy Roddy Piper or the Million Dollar Man? What? Uh, neither of them are G.I. Joe characters to my knowledge. I'm Did saying Roddy Cobra. Roddy Piper pop which, one, which one of these is the Cobra character? <laughs> um... Who are my choices? Piper, Piper, and, and Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. I mean, uh, DiBiase was a villain, so I'm gonna say he was the Cobra character. Yeah, well, Piper was the right one because he was the villain, so he's a character. So there you go. I was gonna be like Piper or Bo Jackson because I feel like it would have been amazing <laughs> to have Bo Jackson as a Joe or a, a part of Cobra. All right. <laughs> All right, so we have um, what was it? Um, Metalhead or Chrome Dome? Chrome Dome's real. No, uh, Metalhead. Damn it. I know, right? It's so stupid. All right, so... All right, we got two more, I think. Oh, no, no, no okay, two more. Um, Spirit Wolf or Ghost Bear? This is uh, um, um, Cobra. Spirit Wolf's real. Nope, Ghost Bear is real. Right. Damn it! Spirit Wolf is a thing that happens in World of Warcraft. You can summon some Spirit Wolves, so I was excited that I remembered that when I uh, wrote it out. All right, um... <laughs> Horror show or shootout? Shootout's real. Nope. Horror show. That's a dumb name for a character. Uh, Unless they're like emo is all get out. That's dumb. All right. All right. One more. All right. Here we go. Hard master. Cool ranch. (laughs) What? (laughs) How are those even like similar? Hard master or cool ranch? Yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna say they're both fake. No, one of them is real. Pick one. Come on. <laughs> All right. Cool Ranch is fake. Okay, you're right. 
<laughs> but you had to think about it, right? Like, <laughs> I was trying to think of like, what if like, you know, what what if like Doritos is like, hey, we need to have a tie-in character. That's just like this laid back. What if like Matthew McConaughey was a Joe and his name was Cool Ranch? <laughs> now you're on to something. Right. Also, credit to the Goro. He posted on the Facebook uh, that he came up with a good name for the Potato Hero. We talked about, uh, was it two episodes ago? I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize the notification until today. I'm like, oh, that's great. Like, Blood Spud? It's a great name. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. I think I responded that I thought it sounded like a Rob Liefeld character. And he said he thought it was like an Evan Dorkin character, <laughs> which I was even more impressed by. So There you go. So, yeah. So, there you go. You did you did really well. Uh, I, 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 why do I always think that, like, I'm smarter than I am when I write these out? But I... <laughs> <laughs> my, my goal is one to trick you, but also one uh, a is to make you laugh. That's always my goal. Cause if I can make you laugh, I think I won regardless of how you like, whether you figured it out or not. So, which is why I'm terrible at the games. Cause I'm only concerned with making myself laugh. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No, 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 no. Like, when I came up with the character called Streetwalker, I was like, I hope he doesn't figure it out. I think it'd be really funny. <laughs> like, <just> like, <laughs> but Hardmaster, that's a dumbass name. Like, who are you? I'm Hardmaster. I'm like, well, can I stay like at least three feet away from you? Cause you know, that's a problem. I don't know. Anyway, um, there we go. That was our, uh, real or fake, uh, Joe and Cobra, uh, game there. Steve did very well. I, I, um, I did not do well at, um, trying to fool him but that i don't know i enjoyed it as, as much as you know i thought it was a lot of fun all right that's gonna do it for us this week next week we're getting into our year in carpenter because it is going to when we record the episode it's going to be march 31st it's going to be um like um seven months away from halloween which doesn't mean anything but we're recording on the 31st and we're going to be talking about the film halloween so that seems appropriate it's going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait to get into this. This is like one of Steve's foundational films. Um, I, I've seen, I mean, obviously I've seen this before, but I've not seen it in quite a while. I cannot wait to dig into it and to, um, to really, really, really dig into our year of Carpenter and to get into one of these like um, just genre shaping films. It's going to be really, really a great conversation. Yeah. I'll just say this people. Um, for an episode that won't have a game or probably uh, much uh, weekend or news talk, it's probably still going to be a long one because I, I will talk to Halloween to death. So uh, take that as you will. It, no, it's going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait to get into it. Uh, I just It's just weird because it's like we've been friends. I, I saw the Facebook notification that we were Facebook friends six years ago. <laughs> it's just like oh okay glad. i'm glad there's a date on it whatever but no it's just, <laughs> i just feel like i just feel like it's one of those ones it's one of these things it's like i've known but i cannot wait to get into like the guts of it because i know this is a, this is a big film for you and i hope people will um join us there and it's going to be a lot of fun so that's going to do it for this week everybody have a good week have a safe week um i always say a safe week that implies like don't go have adventures go have adventures you know but be safe about it. And, uh, in the meantime, um, I don't know. Um, don't get spore shot in your face and I, I just, I don't, just whatever. Like, um, how do I say this? Uh, don't, don't, if Lieutenant Falcon's around, just leave. You're good. You're good. Don't, don't be near Lieutenant Falcon.
Go, Joe! So